Who, His comments who would about have the callers. With that? Well, well, the callers the call whatever. The chronics have a big problem with that. We'll get about ten votes on that. Put it on there, please. WQAM, chronic line. Hello. Hey, Neil. Um, okay. well, yes, sir. Thank you for thirty years of entertaining us. About thirty, man. And I happen to know for a fact that mm -hmm. God only farts in the shower. Really? When I, when I fart in the shower. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think God uses soap or body wash? <laughs> I use uh, body wash, but I can tell you, every time I fart in the shower, my girlfriend says, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus so Christ. Much, must be the Lord, must be uh, passing bad gas, cutting the cheese. Well, you know, that diet that they were eating back in the day, because uh, he, he, you know, that, that would last supper was a Passover Seder. And all that wine he was drinking, all that Manischewitz. See, a lot of in the Bible it says it was Mogan David, but I have it on very good authority, a higher authority that was uh, Manischewitz. Just like Hebrew National, a higher authority. Right, you ever see sense. those spots for the uh -huh. hot dogs? Sure, those it's got the Uncle Sam there. That'll yeah. give you some real, that'll tear your guts out, that stuff. Hebrew National? Eat the uh, kosher hot dogs, man, it's really good. It's uh, kosher for Silchas uh, Torah. All the fairy tales all the time. It's halal, baby, it's halal. See, that's a new one on me, I learned that. And I know I notice even on the Indian restaurants. Now, can you explain that to me? Because the Indians aren't Muslims. No, they're sick. And if you ate boy, all that curry, you'd be sick. Oh, there was there was a, a nice Indian kid there last night at Woodbine. A nice looking young guy. But oh, I mean, he had he smelled like he was. You know how like uh, Warren Cromartie, the crow, smells like he's taking a bath in cashmere bouquet. Mm -hmm. This kid smelled like he was rolling around in curry powder for about. Right, he was rolling in the hay with kid curry for a month. Oh, geez. Well, what's that all about? You know that old expression, know. you are what you eat? I think Charles Schultz invented that. You are what you eat. Remember that in Peanuts? No. But uh, it's true, and that's why a lot of these people have been asking that. Uh, people with a very uh, one-dimensional diet, they smell like uh, that. <laughs> By the way, I'm told we're, uh, we're back up on the stream. Oh, I see the green light on there. Green light. Nice going. Oh. Engineering department, you idiots, you. Hey, you know. I don't care who you are, you fair. Exactly. There are such a bunch of lunkheads, man. And even Joe Bell knows that. I told him about well, what a great engineer we got here uh, that, you know, takes care of stuff when it needs to be taken care of when I'm not uh, doing it. And he said, oh, maybe we can uh, get him down here or something like that. He said. Another one of those yuck, yuck lines from Joe. You know, yuck, yuck. <laughs> like that. Although payday's Friday, and I understand that's being taken care of. That's what Robert told me. Only the new deal is now, when I get my check with Robert involvement, I'd like 10% is taken out because he's uh, orthodox. No, actually, he's not orthodox, is he? He's just a no, regular self-hating Jew. 26 after 10 at 560 WQM, where we got a whole new attitude, baby. In fact, we could get that Pompano Park spot on if Michael, uh, uh, Steve Wolf would send me some copy. I'll do it. To hell with uh, the water Nazi. To hell with Troy. I'll just do the spot. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And by the way, Fat Boy, you're doing a hell of a job. Just like Brownie Brown, man. You're on the case. You are a case. When Holy Mackinac! This is Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you're listening to the Hockey Authority, Neil God.
Carry. Ten thirty-three. Uh, what do we got on the schedule today? We got Geldy at the Yenta Center. So it must be a home game, like I said, at the Capitals against the Panthers at the Yenta Center. Unless Geldy's going to be doing the game off a TV monitor, which is pretty bush league. Uh, Mad Dog at four, and then we got Panther preview at six thirty. So Mad Dog has enough, another tough assignment, two and a half hour show. Oh brother! In fact, uh, guess what? Mad Dog ain't even on tomorrow. We got uh, Curtis at Hooters and Doral tomorrow, and then uh, wow, this is just uh, a mess. Is what it is. And then the Panthers and the Capitals at 7 o'clock tonight. Biggest game of the season. I guess they all are right now. They're still making this improbable play- playoff run. Any interest? No. And then the Hanks give me a song and dance about yeah. the heat. I don't care about the heat. You care about the heat? I'm sorry, are you talking How about me? you, Josh? You care about the heat? Uh, you know. Not much. A little bit. A little bit. Not a lot. What about the Hurricanes in Michigan on an NIT game on the AM 1360 on the Cat? With uh, Clarence, who's got laryngitis, and uh, Joe Zagaki, who sucks. How about that? Eddie K. After all of the uh, the hockey action on QAM, on QAM, the station that takes the joy out of living. O'Reilly and editors spar over sex offender Casey. I told you I had a Bill O'Reilly story. He's just a real able. Yes, he is. Managers of the Dayton Daily News have received more than 900 emails from fans of Fox News talk show ho and liar Bill O'Reilly after Riley's website and TV program slammed the paper for an editorial that he says makes it the most friendly newspaper to child rapist in America. The Dayton Daily News editorial, which ran Sunday, cautioned against those who have called for removing Judge John Connor of Franklin County Common Pleas Court without a formal complaint or investigation after Connor gave probation and house arrest instead of prison to a man convicted of re- repeatedly raping two boys. The defendant, Andrew Selva, had been charged with 20 counts of rape, but prosecutors made mistakes in listing the boys' names on the indictment and tried unsuccessfully to change the errors. Top Republican leaders in Ohio began pressing for the removal of Connor after O'Reilly called for his impeachment on his talk show. Jeff Bruce, I wonder if he's kin to Gary Bruce, editor of the Dayton Daily News, defended the paper's editorial yesterday and took O'Reilly to task for inflammatory journalism, as usual. We never defended Judge Connor's decision to sentence a child molester to a year of house arrest and five years probation, Bruce said in a prepared statement. What we said is that if the judge deserves to be removed from orifice, then due process should be followed, the same sort of due process that Bill O'Reilly relied upon when he was sued for sexual harassment and ultimately settled out of court. Just in case you've been sleeping, O'Reilly was sued in 2004 by his former producer for <laughs> sexual harassment and phone calls and stuff like that. When the suit was settled out of court for an undisclosed sum, O'Reilly called the lawsuit the media lashing he took from, for it a brutal ordeal and thanked his listeners for having given him the benefit of doubt when some in the media did not. Bruce wondered why O'Reilly won't give Connor the same benefit of doubt. In America, we have a system of checks and balances that include the independence of the judiciary, Bruce said. There are rules in place to remove bad judges. Our editorial simply said we should follow those rules, not allow ourselves to rush to judgment because of a television commentator's opinions. Amen. O'Reilly, through a producer, said, Personal attacks launched on me disqualify the Dayton Daily News from any serious debate. We believe that, believe that Jeff Bruce is not an honest individual. But I'll be like Greg Reed calling somebody a liar, a prevaricator. What newspaper in the U.S. of America is most friendly to child rapists? Could it be the Dayton Daily News, which has supported Judge John Connor's sentence of probation for a man who raped a 5-year-old boy and a 12-year-old boy over a three-year period? Not only that, but the Dayton Daily News attacked the governor of Ohio, the attorney general of Ohio, and Bill O'Reilly for reporting the story and actually asking for the removal of Judge Connor. The vicious personal attacks launched by the Dayton Daily News were strange when contrasted the lack of condemnation for the judge. So one can conclude, therefore, that the Dayton Daily News is a newspaper that has sympathy for child rapists and the judges who will not incarcerate them. That sounds like a personal attack. 
They say only two things happen when you wrestle a pig. You get muddy and a pig enjoys it. So it's tempting to just let this pass. But really, what O'Reilly has said on his website is so outrageous and such a distortion that I can't, says Jeff Bruce. Gary's a buddy. No crime is more heinous, more anus than child molestation. So it's understandable that people will be inflamed by the notion that a pederast evaded the punishment he's due. But when Mr. O'Reilly asked the question on his website, what newspaper in the USA is most friendly to child rapists, he's egging on his readers without giving them all the facts, as usual. As readers of the Dayton Daily News know, this newspaper is not soft on child molesters, just the opposite. Here's what's really happening. Oh, the truth? Mr. O'Reilly's upset with the newspaper because in an editorial we referred to his own recent legal history in which he was accused of sexual harassment. His producer threatened that unless we published an apology, they would resort to their bully pulpit, and that's what they've done. This isn't about being soft on child molesters. It's about Bill O'Reilly getting even. We never defended Judge O'Connor's decision to sentence a child molester to a year of house arrest and five years probation. What we said is that if the judge deserves to be from, removed from office, then due process should be followed with the same sort of process that O'Reilly relied upon when he was sued. The editorial also noted that the prosecutor in the case, while disappointed with the judge's sentence, was afraid his evidence was so weak that he might have lost the case entirely if it went to trial. He's agreed to settle the case. In America, we have a system of checks and balances that includes the independence of the judiciary. There are rules in place to remove bad judges. Our editorial simply said we should follow those rules, not allow ourselves to rush to judgment because of a television commentator's opinions. That's not an endorsement of Judge Connor or his decision. The fact that a child molester got off so lightly is disgusting. If I would fault our editorial for anything, it's that we could have said that and said it more firmly. But that's not why O'Reilly asked his readers to write the newspaper. His producer, in a conversation with me, acknowledged the logic of our editorial's argument, but they felt dragging O'Reilly's own legal problems into the article was gratuitous. While I expected O'Reilly to take a shot at us, I was shocked that he would suggest that this newspaper has sympathy for child rapists. It's a deliberate distortion of what we said and what we stand for, and nothing could be further from the truth. So, you know, on the same page that we published our editorial, we also printed a package of opposing views, including those from O'Reilly himself. We made every effort to be fair and balanced in our presentation of this issue. It's a pity that that sense of fairness was not reciprocated by the unfair and unbalanced Fox News uh, lunatic. How do you like that? Typical, same old crap, sure. just like Ann Coulter that gets on her and shoots off her big mouth. And anytime she's on there with anybody that's got an IQ larger than their thumbnail, they uh, shoot her down right away because she's always giving wrong facts. Misinformation. That's what ought to be her nickname, misinformation. What's with that Adam's apple? It's a guy's. I'm telling you. You fairy. Yeah. Hey, Ann. I don't care who you are, you fairy. Maybe she and the Miss Fudge are doing something, you know? Maybe they're checking that their uh, goods. I think she's got a goods. package. Mm-mm. A care package. That's right. I don't care. Anyway, how's that poll coming today? Let's see what pisses off the audience about what I say. Not too much. Damn it. Which of Neil's comments piss you off the most? Uh, none of his comments. 488. 84%. Well, good. We like people. That's what we want. We want ditto heads like Rush, you know, and O'Reilly. What people that disagree with everything. No, seriously. Ditto, ditto, ditto. All that crap. His comments about politics, 23. His comments about religion, 19. You idiots. His comments about guns, 19. How about guns and religion? Always been a good mix. Don't want to believe what I believe? Bada bing! Uh, comments about blacks, 17. What comments about blacks? His comments about Orthodox Jews, 7. You mean Getchkis? With those silly old big hats and the Talises and the uh, Tzitzes and that, that stuff. Okay, we can't say Tzitzes? Not anymore. You think Joyce even knows what Tzitzes are? Even you know what it is. That's right. I know all the gear. I'm going to get me an outfit. <laughs> you already had one and damn near died from it. His no. comments about Cubans, six. His comments about rednecks, two. And his comments about the callers, one. Well, guess what? This is Neil Rogers. As far as the callers this go. This is 560 QA.
in the basket. Thank you. <laughs> oh. you know, i got to agree with you. You know, I hate to do it because it's boring. Well, I know you hate to. But uh, the thing about fat people, you're right. Going to Stelfin, that's, that's right a thing say. Nothing will help. It's just uh, Dead men a waste of time. That's right. And you notice how Hank brushes me off every time I bring anything, even about that Dreamfield pasta, which I'm sure that a fat slob like him and mm-hmm. me uh, both love pasta. But he just, any, anything that has to do with, like, uh, health or blood sugar or stop being a big fat uh, with a death wish, he's just right. not interested in it. You'll either get a brush off or an F off. Right. When you're trying to, you know. Yeah. Well, I give up. Give I it up. Give there up you go. It. I'm doing fine. 187. That's the lowest I've weighed in years. I mean, on, like, my real digital scale that you can't, like, lean one side or the other. You can't uh, fix the... Well, you know what I'm talking about. It's called the dance of denial. Yeah. The dance, the one-foot dance. The green apple quick hop. On the scale. Maybe if I hold the towel rack. Right, that's it. Although I do take off my wristwatch when I get Well, it's a, it's a you know, yeah, it's I know, a, uh, I know. citizen. It's pretty heavy. Make sure you go to the bathroom first. Oh, are you kidding me? Do all mm-hmm. your ablutions before right. you hop on the scale. Well, that's the way to do it. That's let, the way to get your true weight. Let the air out of your lungs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Pentagon said yesterday it's investigating two incidents in which U.S. troops allegedly killed more than two dozen Iraqi civilians. The claims raised by families of victims and local Iraqi police threatened to worsen relations with Iraqis upset by the earlier abuse cases. A criminal investigation that began March 9. Oh, it's a Robert Griefer investigation. March 9 is when it started. Focuses on allegations by Iraqi civilians, which were reported by Time magazine, that Marines killed 15 civilians in Hadita in November after a roadside bomb killed a member of their unit. The Pentagon also stated this, started this week to look at claims by local Iraqi police that U.S. forces killed 11 civilians, including five children as young as six months old, during a raid last week in a house in Ishaki, about 60 miles north of Baghdad. Ishaki. The claims were first reported by Knight Ritter newspapers. All the troops involved remain on active duty, said Lieutenant Colonel Barry Johnson. In the alleged incident at Haditha, about 140 miles northwest of Baghdad, the Marines came under fire after the bombing and tracked insurgents for hours to residential areas amongst, and among civilians, said U.S. military spokesman Lieutenant Colonel Michelle Martin Hing. Times had obtained a videotape of the aftermath of the incident. An Iraqi human rights group has provided copies of the video, which shows bodies and bloodstains to media organizations, including Reuters. The video, which has not been authenticated by the Pentagon, doesn't tell the whole story, Martin Hing said, whatever that meant. At any rate, uh, you can be sure it's true. And your buddy Doug Thompson, Capitol Hill Blue, rhymes with true. Right. He's the man. He says, Bush can't stop lying. How do you like that? For anybody uh, doubting similarities mm-hmm. between George W. Bush and Greg Reed. Although, I'll be honest with you, Greg's starting to look better with each passing day. Oh, please bring him back. Please. And uh, Scoran. Let's get Greg and Scoran back again. Get them back together again. As one. Wouldn't be the first time. Americans who tuned in for one of President George W. Bush's rare press conferences saw a cornered animal trying to squirm his way. Isn't that what Puffy says in that bit with Regis? Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> oh, no, that's what, uh, uh, what's his name says? What's the other one? ODB. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, old dirty bastard. 30 we right. call it. Wouldn't be the first time. Word. Yeah. About 30, man. That's how many times he'd been in trouble. Americans who tuned in for one of George W. Bush's rare press conferences saw a cornered animal trying to squirm his way out of trouble by doing what he's always done, evading the truth. Bush's attempt to showcase himself as a leader who could handle tough questions from the press corps fell just as flat as his unscripted town meeting-style appearance in Cleveland the day before. His eyes darted from side to side as he fielded questions about his real reasons for invading Iraq. He stammered, stalled, used the word, uh, more times than a suspect caught red-handed. He still claimed his reasons for invading Iraq were just even though those reasons have been proven wrong. 
He claims the war can be won, a view not shared by many of his generals. He claimed a lot of things, few of them true. President Bush exhibited symptoms of pathological prevarication. Prevarication, said Dr. Stephanie Crossfield, a psychologist who treats people who have trouble telling the truth and who watched Bush's performances on Monday and Tuesday at my request, said Doug Thompson. His eye movements, gestures, and changes in voice tone all display traits of consistent evasion of the truth, not to mention that annoying nervous laugh. <laughs> this isn't the first time I've asked Dr. Crossfield to study a politician. She watched several of former President Clinton's press conferences and came to similar conclusions about Clinton's disassociation with reality. When studying a subject, she watches the eyes. Eye movement is difficult to control, she said. You find that the eyes dart away in specific patterns when a person's not telling the truth. The president's eyes dart a great deal. He's not comfortable facing the truth. Dr. Justin Frank, I wonder if he's kin to Dr. Neil Frank, author of the book Bush on the Couch, Inside the Mind of the President, agrees with Dr. Crossfield. President Bush marches deeper and deeper into a world of his own, says Dr. Frank. Central to Bush's world is an iron will which demands that external reality be changed to conform with his personal view of how things are. Republicans reluctantly, reluctantly admit Bush has lost touch with the truth. Senator Chuck Hagel says the president is disconnected from reality. Venture out beyond the beltway and you find conservative Republicans shaking their heads and wondering the same thing. Dennis Dalby cuts the hair of Camp Pendleton's young Marines, giving them the regulation haircut before they head to combat in Iraq. His barbershop on the coast highway near the base in California is covered with painted yellow ribbons, flags, and we support our troops banners. But Dalby, a Republican and self-described conservative who voted for Bush, says he's fed up with the president's lies. Enough is enough, he says. It's time to bring the boys home. In San Marcos, retired Navy veteran Herb Rehnquist, 77, sits in the local VFW hall and says Bush is a failure. I voted for him two times and wish I hadn't, Rehnquist said. It was probably one of the worst mistakes I ever made. Dr. Crossfield says it doesn't take a degree in psychology or advanced training in spotting liars to realize the president plays fast and loose with the truth. More and more ordinary Americans see the evidence clearly every day, she says. It's difficult to ignore. Dr. Frank says Bush can't change his ways. Taking responsibility has always been hard for W., he says, taking responsibility for inflicting harm on others, a major step in the development of maturity, is a step President Bush has yet to make. Instead, he persists in lying to himself and to the American people. There's your buddy, Doug. Very good. I like that, Bob. right on it as usual. Here's a fast you just sent me. It says, Ann Coulter suffers from Marfan syndrome. Marfan syndrome? Marfan syndrome is a connective tissue disorder characterized by unusually long limbs, deformed skeleton, lungs, eyes, and heart. Probably why she has Adam's apple gigantus. No sympathy for me, it says. You know, she's an ex-girlfriend of Bill Maher. A weird-ass couple. Oh, yeah. Kind of like uh, Mary Madeline and Jim and James yeah, Carville. That's got to be a scam. Oh, what? That couple. Bill Maher and uh, Ann Coulter? No, Mary Madeline and... Uh... No, I don't know. That one's for real. I think the one, yeah. the other one's got to be a scam. Ann Coulter with any man is, would have to be a scam, if yes, you ask me. Right. Ann, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are, you fair. Right. 618 votes. Which of Neil's comments piss you off the most? None of them. 519. None of the above. 84%. Well, ain't that special. His comments about politics, 26. Guns, 20. Guns, oh yeah. Don't F with my guns, man. Don't take away my guns, my piece, my rod. Hey, we're going to need them. What, A-Rod? Yeah. How much the, he making this year? The coming revolution. His comments about religion, 19. His comments about blacks, 18. His comments about Orthodox Jews, 7. I told Mo to stop saying Schwarzers. His comments about Cubans, 6. His comments about rednecks, 2. And his comments about callers, 1. Solamente uno, about the callers. Because the audience knows, the, the listeners know that all my comments about the callers are... Absolutely correct, sir. Yeah, WQAM, hello. I'm your favorite caller. See what I'm saying? There you go. 
I rest my case. Boy, you talk about the proof uh, being mm-hmm. right there, right out, right, right out in the open. Just reach out and grab fingertips. it. Fingertips. Yeah, right at, at the uh, end of your index finger, in the middle one, too. Maureen Dowd writes, boy, you're sure doing a lot of, yeah, well, i got to make up They're for last time. Because yesterday today, we had that short show. I beg your pardon. Very newsy today. That's right. I'm too I bad. like it. Well, I don't care if you like it or not. We're not programming. You have no Arbitron diarrheas. Not yet. You aren't going to help put us over the top as if we care. Where's the copy from Steve Wolf for Pompano Park? You know, it's just it's just amazing. And Troy Stratford comes in there to, like, handle me with some other uh, crap. Will I do this for him? Will I do that? Yeah, no problem, Troy. But how about taking care of the ones we already got? And there's plenty of room for a spot today, which he, there, were, there was no real response to that. We've got to talk to Phyllis about it. Well, screw Phyllis, okay? She's leaving anyway. The hell with that bitch, the water Nazi. The hell with that. Who the hell is she to decide? What's, we got plenty of a uh, place to put that on there. You know, they're always whining. Wah, wah, the sales department was awful. Wah. Yeah, well, how about now? Is it any better now? No. It's a disaster. It's not an accident waiting to happen. It's an accident that already happened. It's a disaster. Even on the Titanic, they never saw anything like this. On QAM, the station that takes the Joe out of life. WQAM, hello. One of our better ones right there. QAM, hello. Hello. Yes. Yeah. I can't believe I got through. Um, Bill Moore had on uh, Ileana. Yeah, no, we already it. heard about it. Yeah, she's an idiot. Yes. And she's well, still an idiot. Richard Belzer did the SU for her. Yeah, we already heard about it. Okay, I'm sorry. Have a good day. Okay. WQAM, hello. See, these are the talk show groupies. These are the people who want to talk about Ann Coulter and Bill O'Reilly. I mean, I just got, gave you a Bill O'Reilly story. But it has something to do with uh, something current, something meaningful, as opposed to what we are restating the obvious, that we hate Ann Coulter and Bill O'Reilly like poison and wish they would both croak. Uh, how's uh, Catherine Harris doing, by the way? we got a story about her. Oh, I say they did a big news thing on her. She's selling night. everything, man. She's yeah. mortgaging the house. She's getting uh-huh. every dime she can get her hands on. Yeah, and God told her to. As you said, Gornish Telfin. Mm-hmm. Before I get to Maureen Dowd, Harris pledges to sell all her assets. Well, I ain't going to get much for that. Yeah, that's pretty about a dime. This is from the Tampa Tribune. U.S. Representative Catherine Harris continued her attempt to take her campaign to national TV and to add religious overtones to request for a U.S. Senate seat with an appearance on Nightline last night, ABC News. Harris told John Donovan of Nightline that she intends to sell all her personal assets to fund the race. My husband has real estate, but I won't own anything, she says. Well, good, including that seat in the Senate. Since making a pledge last week to put 10 million bucks of her money into the race, Harris has made the phrase, putting everything on the line, a new campaign theme. She's going to put her Rectum. on the line. I'm willing to take this widow's might, this pearl of great price, and put everything on the line, she told Donovan. No matter how much you have, are you willing to take what you have and sell it all for a great price? Donovan didn't ask her about her links to defense contractor Mitchell Wade, who recently uh-huh. pleaded guilty to bribing California Congressman the Duke. Uh-huh. Donovan told the Tribune there was no agreement to avoid any subject in the interview. Since revelations about those links appeared in court documents three weeks ago, Harris has avoided interviews with Florida reporters and answered very few substantive questions about the issue. Instead, she has chosen non-confrontational venues for speaking to the public. She made her pledge about her campaign donation and interview with commentator Sean Hannity, an avowed fan of hers on his unctuous right-wing Nazi Fox News TV talk show. For the Nightline segment, a camera crew followed her most of Thursday, including filming a scene of aides hustling her away from reporters after a campaign event, so they wouldn't be able to ask her any questions. Nightline, once known for the hard-hitting interviews of Ted Koppel, has changed since he left, abandoning the format of examining a single issue in depth in favor of several topics on each show. 
What it's done is become much more of a mixed bag than before. It does some tough-minded stuff and some fluffy stuff, said Columbia University journalism professor Richard Wald, former top news executive of ABC and NBC. He said the show can still examine an issue in depth, but they're much more wedded to shorter pieces. Harris has also added a religious component to her campaign. The phrases, widow's might and pearl of great price, are both biblical. Oh, yeah. Widow's might in the book of Mark refers to a poor widow witnessed by Jesus contributing a tiny amount of money, a mite, to the temple treasury, while wealthy people contributed large sums. Jesus said the widow gave more because she cast all. I happen to know, uh, speaking of widow's might, I happen to know that widows will. In your case, cast no stone. This is Neil Rogers. Rock solid. This is 560 QAM. This is the Neil Rogers Show. This is your brain. Any questions? Hey, we're watching the game. They need another five points to come in a spread. May the best woman win. Now, here's how to win. And it's easy. I believe I'm going to win. In a short time, you may be a winner. He's a real winner. You and the office crowd. Know the final four is going down. And you're hoping you're that someone to grab the cash and claim the gold. Well, I guess if you win, Moolah, you did good for yourself. What's on your statistics now? And picking random could be why. Gambling experts just might tell you it's better to go with choosing options. But just guess that might be smarter. Hell, it's worth a try. You ain't done anything at work yet. You're too busy feeling, drank it down. When March Madness comes around. No more fooling around. I gotta get back to work. What's wrong with you? Get busy. So, how you doing with your card, boys? I'm out. You're out? What not that, that I wasn't here. Not that I wasn't doing well uh, up until this point. Oh, but now you're done? I'm done. My team's out. And what about Josh? Uh, I got three of the four final four still in it, but uh, one team that uh, I had going to the dance is out. So they're not dancing. No, they're not. Oh, no longer damn. dancing. I hate when that happens. I like when them teams dance. During training, 9/11 hijackers abandoned a plane on a Miami runway. How do you like that? Thank goodness we uh, had a lot of uh, warning ahead of 9/11. Too bad we didn't take advantage of it. In fact, that's the uh, Maureen Dowd column flying into a building. Who could imagine? But anyway. Two of the pilot hijackers from the 9-11-2001 uh, attacks abandoned a small airplane on a taxiway of Miami International during their flight training, but their actions didn't attract serious scrutiny from federal officials, a witness in the uh, Zacharias Musawi trial said yesterday. Today. Today. A flight instructor at the school where 9-11 hijackers Mohammed Atta and Marwan al-Shihi received commercial pilot training testified at the death penalty trial of Musawi, who's confessed to being an al-Qaeda terrorist. Instructor Daniel Purcell testified that instructors at the school breathed a collective sigh of relief when Atta and Al-Shihi completed their training and left the school. Purcell said that the December 26, 2000 incident at the Miami airport was one of several problems the school had with the pair. They had a bad pair. Purcell said the FAA called the Florida school to be rate school officials after the plane was left on the runway, but he said the FAA never questioned Atta or Al-Shihi. I mean, what would be questionable about that? All right. Prosecutors are presenting testimony about the 9-11 pilot hijackers' training and apparent effort to show parallels between Musawi's flight training and that of the other hijackers. During testimony yesterday, a terrorism supervisor in FBI headquarters dismissed a field agent's concern about Musawi in the weeks before 9-11 as hunches and suppositions. 
The supervisor, Michael Rowans, testified that he hadn't even read on August 18, 2001, a memo written by Minneapolis agent Harry Samet, dammit, who arrested Musawi and was convinced from the outset that Musawi was a terrorist with plans to hijack aircraft. One thing about this government, man, they couldn't find a terrorist in their own living room. They, they knew where they were. Yeah, they knew where they were, and they were just making sure that oh, what they, they were, were doing okay. and everything, yeah. what the plan was. Marine Dowd writes, I don't want to do all four hours of reading here today. I oh, probably want to take some really good calls. Yeah, take that we? one right now. We don't have any. Oh. Five six seven oh five sixty. Boy, the calls have really the last a week and a half. A lot, right after that anniversary deal, man. This new regime of ours, we're we're, we're like uh, becoming marginalized. We're like on the edges of life. Becoming. No, we really are. Uh oh, suspicious package found on White House grounds. I think Warren Beatty was visiting. It was a big package. Could have been Man Coulter. Uh oh, not that big. Five six seven oh five sixty. Here's my last uh, attempt to get somebody involved in the show today. This is weak. This is really pathetic. And pound five sixty on the Verizon Singular Wireless line. A town without pity. I know you can play it again, Gene Pitney. Oh, I gotta find it. But not, you're not eating again, are you? Again? From whom? Oh, see what it does to your system. WQAM. Hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, I like it when you read. Keep reading, man. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. WQAM, hello. There he is. Gene Pitney, baby. Oh! Kind of a strange-looking dude, if you ask me. QAM. WQAM, line nine. Ah, we, we're very weak. I was thinking maybe we could, like, spend a couple hours having, like, uh, Eddie Wannabe's call in and see if we can do the best Eddie... A couple hours. No, we huh? Could, we could do four on that subject. Four hours on that, yeah. Well, we're getting some on line nine always. <laughs> See, like uh, they said in The Exorcist, there is only one. That's right. And that's true. There's only one. But there are a lot of wannabes out there. We got uh, Prozac Ron wannabes. We got mm -hmm. Eddie wannabes. We even got Gargler wannabes. WQAM, hello. Wannabe line. Hi, Neil. Yes. I want to thank you again. The... WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how you doing? Okay. Listen, I, I read this thing in the Times yesterday with uh, Pat Tillman's father there trying to figure out just how his son died over there in Afghanistan. Yeah. And it was a heartbreaking story. And, and, you know, just like Jessica Lynch, they put out this line of BS at the beginning, and slowly the stories start to fall apart. I, I mm -hmm. just thought as a, as a parent, how you sit there and agonize over what really happened to his son, it, it's torture, and he can't get a straight answer from And then anybody. when you find out that Pat's uh, longtime high school and college buddy went off and joined to follow in his footsteps, I mean, that kid uh, needs serious help. He must be a nut job. I, I don't get it, but I mean, it was just a death wish story. for a tank. So, you know, it just reminds me of Nazi Germany. You know, when they were bombing Berlin, they were telling them, oh, this is the last uh, death throes of the Allies. They're ready to give up. Right. And, of course, well, just uh, like your vice president told us many months ago now that the insurgency was in its waning days. It's waning sure. over here. Right, yeah, just, uh, just a few of them left. And uh, it's, uh, the similarity between Germany, Vietnam, and this is Amen. Uh, eerie. Amen. Eerie. Bob Eerie. Five six seven oh five sixty, just like Kissinger told us in Vietnam, peace is in our hand. He had a piece in his hand, all right. Piece of what? Put Something. Ass. WQAM. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing? A while back, I was hearing you on on uh, on the radio. I think you were eating uh, chocolate and ice cream and all. You still doing all that? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're diabetic, aren't you? Yeah. 
Well, I have an idea for a poll then. Which uh, body parts are going to get amputated first if you keep eating all those sweets? Fat ass! Mm-hmm. I'm thinking your left foot. Right. WQAM, right? hello. George Carson can't fix it! <laughs> Amen. You are absolutely correct, sir. Wow. Talk about an engineering uh, disaster. WQAM, hello. That was probably PD Lenny again. Oh, here's the Eddie Wannabe line. Wannabe line, QAM. Neil. Yes, sir. I uh, saw uh, V for Vendetta yesterday. And? I can't believe George said that it was a uh, week. I only week. gave it a six, man. That was a great movie. What was great, definitely great an eight. Definitely confusion. an eight. What was great about it? Uh, the storyline, uh, you know, just kept your interest the whole time, I thought. Uh-huh. Did the guy and, look like uh, Zorro? Pardon me? I said, have a great day. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the Verizon Singular Wireless on. See your taste is in your choice. The guy said he said that Josh has got his thumb on it better. Josh who fell asleep during network but liked the V for Victory a lot better and loved Zorro. What was that I one did. Zorro movie? The Gay Blade. What was that? Zorro the Gay Blade. Wasn't that it? Yeah. Who the hell was in that? Was George that Hamilton. Wilder? George Hamilton. Oh, George Hamilton was in it. Well, guess what, George? Uh-huh. I mean George Hamilton. I don't care who you are, you fairy. Good the job in Godfather Three, by the way, not. I mean, he was just ridiculous. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Yeah, listen, I have regards uh, to you from Regis Philbin. I was really? at the Yeah, I was at the Hard Rock Live last week uh, for his show, and I met him after the it's show. It's bigger than both of us. There he is. What did he, what did he say? Well, I, I talked to him and mentioned your name, and he said that, uh, that that afternoon, or that morning, rather, he was sitting by the pool, and he listened to a couple hours of your show. It's a shame he didn't call you. Yeah, he did. That, that's where that came from. He did call me. We were uh, talked on the phone. Ah. I, just, I just that's where that clip came from. Well, you know what? He it's says, big, Neil. It's bigger than both of us. See, don't you recognize that voice when he's talking to oh, yeah. like, you? Know, like Welch's grape juice, like that. <laughs> Amazingly, yeah. he puts on a really good show. Who does? Uh, Regis. He's very entertaining. Uh, okay, well, I haven't seen that one. Okay, <laughs> listen, thanks a lot, pal. Yeah, you're okay, Regis. Hey, if Regis is such a big fan, send a bag of money, Regis. Okay. Now, the best show he ever had was on that now-defunct health network, whatever that thing was. That was a lot of fun. It was a very funny show. Nobody remembers that except me. Uh, I don't think whatever. I ever saw it. Well, and his wife was on sure. there, too. What's her name? Uh, Joy. Um, uh, Joy. Know. Yeah, Joy. very good. <laughs> Joy. Yeah, I can't believe that you remember that. She I don't was know how there. or why. Can you imagine how she hated Kathy Lee just like poison? I mean, oh, man. Yeah, well. Of course, uh, she had Regis and Kathy Lee hate each other, too, from what mm-hmm. you read. And, of course, who wouldn't hate Kathy Joy Lee? was probably jealous of Kathy Lee's boobs. Is that it? Mm. She's is. a joy forever. Suspicious package of White House grounds. The president is not there. Ooh, bite your lip very, very hard. Oh, the blood. I got pepperoni juice trickling down my chin. At least I think it's pepperoni juice. You know, being outdoors a lot in South Florida, you really need comfortable shoes to be schlepping around. So the only place to go is Brandy Shoes in Pompano Beach. They carry all the major brands like Florsheim, Echo, Mephisto, Rockport, Hush Puppies, New Balance, and tons of other big-name brands in all sizes for men and women. Even they carry wide widths and hard-to-find sizes, too, if you've got strange feet. Brandy Shoes is the largest independent shoe retailer in South Florida. And when you see the selection value you get at Brandy's, you'll see why I've been telling you about them for years. Go see my good friend Arnie. He'll get you the right-fitting shoes for your feet. Brandy's isn't like a department store where you have to wait a long time to get service. Then they tell you, oh, guess what? We don't have that style in your size. The only thing they do with Brandy's is the shoes, so obviously they know their stuff, and you never have to worry about size, selection, or service. 
Randy's Shoes, you'll find them at 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach between Atlantic and Copens on the east side. You can't miss it. Randy's is open daily, Monday through Saturday till 9, and every Sunday till 5. And this week is a great time to buy men's shoes if you're size 14 and over at Brandy's. Take 10 bucks off on all men's brands, and while you're there, check out their men's and women's hush puppies on sale at 20% off this week. Always extra savings, always great deals, and really friendly sales fools who know your feet inside and out, even by the smell. So be sure to come into Brandy's this week or shop on their website, brandyshoes.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Congratulations. Get a life. Said Bush wasn't right. Turning his back on Katrina that night. They're pushing us to the left and right again. All the bloggers are talking smack. Better not talk about a rat. I've got a bad feeling Colorado will attack. And my face and forward to a big southern back. I'll be sent where the left wingers go. My top secret prison or in get mold. Every night be traced and listened to. Raise our kids under house arrest. Get called names after one protest. Take our music where they made that dizzy chicks go Where the left wingers go What are you going to do about it? You fairy! 1117 at 560. Boy, I tell you, that's you're getting a whole lot of use, that new one. What are you going to do about it? It's everywhere, doesn't it? Huh? It's just everywhere. What are you going to do about it? Okay, relax. Maniac. 680 votes. What do you think, Josh? Thousand today or not? I don't think He's out of the room. What do you mean he's out of the room? Not doing an Ono Dos and Trace again? No, I don't think so. He just uh, got up uh, recently while the bill ran out. Maybe he's confabulating with the new sales manager to see what's going on. Maybe he went to find, uh, what's his name, Troy Stratford, old Baldy, skinhead. I didn't know Baldy was diabetic. Is that supposed to be a big secret? Troy Stratford's diabetic. I don't think it's supposed to be a secret. Well, I, don't, I don't see why anybody would keep it a secret, like the humper. Now, listen, as far as, because uh, Eric did a beautiful job on our website, right under the poll, on that um, Dreamfields pasta. Low carb. But I do want to emphasize this. And make sure, mark it down the time I said this very carefully. If you're one okay. of those diabetic people that doesn't take your blood sugar, first of all, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> you got a death wish. You're a lunatic. That was funny. That's number one. And number two, don't eat this. Don't order it. Don't eat it. Don't buy it. I got, I got enough of it to uh, sink a battleship. So as we're going down like the Titanic, it'll be perfect. It'll fit right in. Dreamfields Low Carb Pasta. Eric did nice. All the artwork there. It's got the picture of the box and their logo and a link to uh, read more about it. Read all about it. And uh, that's it. But if you don't take your blood sugar, don't take it. Because obviously the fact I'm having real good luck with it and I've lost five pounds and it's very satisfying. Uh, you know, and, and it's also taken away my sugar craving, which that to me is a miracle. A miracle. Can you believe it? I believe it. I think, I mean, there's some things in life you, you just can't believe you'd ever lose your craving for. Like what? Like that. Oh. Something sweet. Yeah? Like yeah. pie? Apple pie. Like uh, mm. chocolate cream Lord. pie. Or banana cream pie. Mm. No interest. No interest. No ice cream. No, uh, none of that garbage. It's a miracle I uh, survived this long. Eating ice cream by like the half gallon at times. Take me to your two liter. Nestle's turtle and all that Ben and Jerry's coffee toffee crunch. That heaven, and then I got hooked on that damn Hagen Dazs of all things, that banana nut. Well, there's nothing like a banana nut. 
Marine Dowd says, flying into a building, who could imagine? Three little words still employed there. Of all the through-the-looking-glass moments in the last few days, the strangest is this. The FBI officer who arrested and questioned Zacharias Musawi, or is that Zacharias, told a jury that he had alerted his superiors about 70 times that Mr. Musawi is a radical Islamic fundamentalist who hated America might be plotting to hijack an airplane. Seventy? That makes one time for every virgin waiting for Mr. Musawi in heaven. Judging by how disastrously the prosecution is doing, the virgins will have to wait. We could have cracked the 9-11 plot if the FBI wasn't run by dunces. Mr. Musawi's lawyers got a break because, according to the testimony of the officer Harry Samet, damn it, a better run bureau could have broken the case even without the terrorist confession. Maybe the FBI officer should have shot him with some paintballs. On September 10, 2001, Mr. Samet confided to a colleague that he was desperate to get into Musawi's computer. He never heard back from the FBI's bin Laden unit before 9-11. What did the unit have to do that was more pressing than catching bin Laden? and he was obstructed by officials in FBI headquarters here whom he labeled criminally negligent. He named two of the officials who didn't want to endanger their careers with any excess aggression toward radical fundamentalists, David Frasca and Michael Maltby, then working on the radical fundamentalist unit. Oh, that David Frasca makes a hell of a drink. Even though Condi Rice told the 9-11 Commission that no one could have imagined terrorists slamming into a plane on the World Trade Center, an FBI officer did. Officer Sam testified that a colleague, Greg Jones, tried to light a fire under Mr. Malfi by urging him to prevent Zacharias Musawi from flying a plane into the World Trade Center. Those words. Later, Mr. Jones told Sam that it had just been a lucky guess. Uh-huh. Kenneth Williams, a Phoenix agent, also sent a warning memo to the phlegmatic Mr. Frasca in July 2001 after sniffing, sniffing out a scheme by Osama to dispatch Middle East extremists to America to get flight training. Neil Lewis wrote in the Times yesterday that William Carter, an FBI spokesman, said that neither the Bureau nor Mr. Malfi nor Mr. Frasca, who are still employed there, would have any comment. Still employed there? How can Mr. Malfi and Mr. Frasca still be employed at the FBI? How can Michael Chertoff still be employed at Homeland Security? How can Donald Rumsfeld still be employed at Pentagon? Missing 9-11, missing Katrina, mangling Iraq, racking up $9 trillion in debt. Those things don't cause officials to lose their jobs. Only saying something honest, as prescient General Eric Shinseki did, can get you a one-way ticket to Palookaville. Rummy told reporters last week that the military was preparing for a civil war in Iraq, but he didn't consider it a civil war yet, even though he acknowledged it was hard to tell exactly when chaos tipped into civil war. I don't think it'll look like the United States Civil War, he added sanguinely. Yeah, at Fort Sumter, Lincoln let the enemy fire first. So the Defense Secretary believes that the body count stays below the Civil War era's 600,000, Iraq will achieve a healthy blue state, red state democracy? One administration official says that Rummy doesn't hold the same sway in meetings anymore, that he's treated as an eccentric old uncle who pops off and is ignored. But why can't W just quit him? Instead, the president praised him for doing a fine job on two wars and transforming the military when Rummy actually bullied the military to go along with his foolish schemes in Iraq and has sapped the one-spirit fighting machine, that machine. At his impromptu press conference yesterday, the president presented himself as a nice guy doing a difficult job, relentlessly joshing with reporters. He chided the press for playing into terrorist goals by showing bad news from Iraq. They're capable of blowing up innocent life so it ends up on your TV show. Even as reports surfaced about insurgents outside Baghdad storming a jail, slaughtering 18 police officers, and letting the prisoners out following fast upon an insurgent raid on Iraqi army headquarters in Kirkuk. Does the president think TV will instead report on an increase in melon sales at the market? When the Bushies harp on training Iraqi security forces so America can hand the country over to them, it has a hollow ring. Back in 2003, the U.S. debathfield Iraq and put its faith in its friends, the Shiites. It debathified Iraq. What did I say? Whatever I said. Now, given the suspected Shiite death squads and militias, the U.S. wants to bring the Sunnis back into the system. So whom do we trust and for how long?
Asked if he could envision a day when there would be no more U.S. forces in Iraq, the president said, that, of course, is an objective. But he added that it would be decided by future Iraqi governments and future American presidents once W is not still employed there, says Maureen, the queen. Maureen Dowd, she don't have no Adam's apple, and she sure as hell don't have no asparatus. Oh, here's some big radio news. Station that you never heard of before, and I guarantee I'll bet you, I'll bet you Joe Bell's life on it that uh, Josh never heard of it. Union Radio, W-O-C-N, no spigot inglés. Oh, I listen all the time. Yeah. Sold for $6 million. W-O-C-N Miami has been sold by minority broadcasters headed by Richard and Pablo Vega to Dallas-based Independence Media for $6 million. bucks. W-O-C-N currently airs a mix of brokered talk and religious programs targeting immigrants from Latin America and Haiti Mon. The station's signal covers Dade County, most of Broward. John Pierce was the exclusive broker in this transaction, according to Radio and Records R&R. Always keep my uh, thumb on you know FMQB and R and R all these radio all these uh, radio related sites in case there might be some real good jobs. I think I'm going to go to work at WOC and put those bastards on the map, and we'll let you translate into Espanol. Oh yeah. And, and Josh can do the uh, Marlins games in uh, whatever language he speaks. See, see, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see this. Wow. Six hundred ninety-nine votes. If I refresh it, it's going to be over seven hundred. You think? I'm refreshing. I'm clicking. It's uh, seven hundred. All right. It's the 700 Club with Pat uh, Neil Robertson. Which of Neil's comments piss you off the most? That's our very good poll question today. None of them, none, 83% are not PO'd, peed off. 582, ever been peed off? His comments about politics, 28. His comments about religion, 23. About blacks, 22. About guns, 22. How about blacks with guns? Bad mix, baby, a bad combination, lethal. His comments about Cubans, 8. His comments about Orthodox Jews ate. Well, too bad, you getchkeys. And put away them stupid hats. His comments about callers, four. And his comments about rednecks, Solamente Trace, only three. See, I told you we didn't have to put that on it. That's why Eric probably left it off. Or maybe it was just an oversight. Maybe he was busy putting up that big uh, thing about the Greenfield uh, pasta, which he did an excellent job. Yes, he did. I'll tell you one thing. They ought to send us about ten cases of it, just for the free publicity. Where's that copy from Steve Wolf at Pompano Park? Did, uh, what's his name, Troy Stratford, come running in there and say, hey, here's a spot? Huh? Yeah, see, doesn't care. Doesn't care. Now, just like a certain other place, I don't want to mention the pizza lot, just like other accounts that I've had on here for years and years and years, since we're supposedly all whipped up about celebrating my 30th anniversary in this market. You'll see. It's just a matter of time before they run everybody else off, too, because this sales department, man, is these, these are the sales holes from hell. From hell. It's unbelievable, man. They just... Uh, unbelievable. Including your buddy Duff. Oh, my God. Hey, Duff. I don't care who you are, you fairy. God, that... that and in your, in your witness, was Josh in there yesterday when he was giving me that song and a dance? I was. And were you in there the previous time last week when he was telling me just the opposite? Yes, I was. Yeah. So, so what am I supposed to believe? What do I know? Who did Mo? You know what I'm saying? I, I just don't get it. We can't get an honest answer from any of these people for love, money, or uh, anything. I think Josh might know something that gives Duff to give an honest answer. has something to do with, with that. But I don't think he's uh, buying it or selling it. That's your department. Attention, man. No, it's not my department. That's Duff's department, okay? Like I said, Duff. I don't care who you are, you fairy. God. You know, and I, I could understand it if he had like about a half a dozen accounts on the show. I could understand that. But there is solamente uno, baby. There's one, a very good one, by the way, an excellent one, which you guys want to keep getting the free food. But it's like uh, I can't get a straight answer out of this guy. 
Well, how, <laughs> I that's right. That was a, right. That was a bad there. choice of words, a straight answer. Okay. You fair. Sorry about that. Back right into that story one. about Andrew Ash in the woods. Oh, maybe what a little later. Twenty-seven. <laughs> oh. What's to know? Wow. And of course, this is the Macho Sports Station, right? Like, like that one uh, jingle by uh, Boca Brown. Where is it? I'll find it. In fact, right. I played it. I played it before. This one. <laughs> Make no mistake about it, baby. It's your Yay. station for the new millennium. Twenty-eight. That's why we're going down. Twenty-eight past eleven at QA, and you all know the name Dry Concepts. There's another one. They've been on with me for twenty-one years on here, and I've used them in my home for all that time. They were just at my house a week ago uh, Monday, doing their fine, fantastic, usual, amazing job. You can have the worst-looking, schmutziest carpets in the world. Which back at IOD, remember that day? I'm sure you do. Yes. I mean, those carpets hadn't been cleaned in about 400 years since before Jesus was an infant. And right downstairs there, right where Gary, what's his name? What was the accountant's name? Gary uh... Mills. Mills. Very good. Ooh, man. I wonder if he was kin to the harness driver, Gary Mills. Who? Off the Canadian circuit. Anyway, uh, they came and cleaned those carpets, and they made them look sensational. And those were as desperate as it gets. So no matter what the deal is, before you go out and spend thousands to replace your carpeting, give Dry Concepts a call and let them bring even the dirtiest carpets back to life, looking just like brand new. They leave your carpets vibrant in color, soft to the touch, stain-free, looking like you just had brand new laid right there on your floor. Dry Concepts is the only company I've been using, like I said, for 21 years, the only one you should trust, too. Just in case you weren't aware of it, Dry Concepts also specialize in drapery cleaning, upholstery cleaning, deep cleaning of your expensive leather furniture, and lots more. All of these things. Without a doubt, one of the best things you can do for those Oriental or area rugs or your magic flying carpet is to use a quality underlayment. It's essential for extending the life and beauty of your area rug, and it provides critical cushioning and prevents skidding on hard floors. Call this month during the month of March and get 15% in savings on all underlayment padding. Dry Concepts, always professional, always on time, and always give you a written guaranteed price up front before they start doing their miraculous job for you. Carpet cleaning, water damage restoration, pet odor treatments, mattress cleaning to get rid of those dust mites, and lots more. All of these things. Call the best, trust the best. Dry Concepts, call them toll-free in Dave Brown in the Palm Beaches, 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071. Around the web, it's dryconcepts.com. This is Neil Rogers. This is 562 AM. Coming soon to Fox, it's the all-new Beverly Hillbillies, starring all your favorite characters, Jack, Granny, Jethro, and Kelly Pickler. What's a salmon? Follow Kelly as she demonstrates what life is like without a brain. You want to hang over? Tango, but I don't even know how to dance. <laughs> but I just learned my ABCs, though. Um, A. <laughs> what have I done to deserve this? You know her and love her from American Idol. Now follow Kelly Pickler as she makes a startling discovery. I sure love it here in California, but I went to this place called Hollywood. And I don't see no churches at all. I know you, that's hitting low. It's the all-new Beverly Hillbillies starring Kelly Pickler. What the hell, Billy? Coming soon to Fox. Y'all come back now, here. All right, y'all come back. I'd find that much more amusing if I knew who Kelly Pickler was. You know who that is? Nope. Somebody from American Idol, I guess. One of those stupid-ass shows. Is that who that is, Josh? Oh, yeah, I watch that show all the time. Well, I mean, you're supposed to know your pickles, mister. Kelly Pickler, you better Google it. I have no idea who that is. It was kind of a cute bit, because George likes Beverly Hillbillies a lot. Y'all come right. back now, you hear? You would uh -huh. too if you'd ever watched it. 
No, I did watch it, and it sucked. Mm, all right. It was almost as good as Ava Gabor, and what was the other one? Uh, Green, Green Acres. Acres. No, uh, no similarity. Not at all. Oh. Yeah, yeah she was thing. a contestant. I don't, I don't know who the hell she is. On American here. Idol? That's right. On Eric Idol? What's the deal with her? What's, uh, I don't get it. No, that was on the bit. I don't know. Okay. Can you listen to it? I'll play it again if you want. It'll kill some good time. Do it. right now. Fire no. Howard faxes and says, I wonder which Howard that is. I listen to your show every day and have listened to many of your suggestions. Yesterday, you were talking about Dreamfield pasta, yes? I have to say this is an excellent pasta and very good carb-wise. Thank you for keeping your audience informed, and you're welcome, Howard. Thanks for the uh, nice fax. How you like that? Short and sweet, right to the point. Howie, right he's on. paying attention. Now, what's that final total? I mean, not final, but I mean uh, close to final for that uh, fundraising thing that the uh, Duff forced on us. We had 19935 as of, uh, I don't know, sometime. I haven't gotten a, a total today. Or what? Probably, haven't gotten a total today. Well, why not? Probably won't. Cause, uh, Come on, because Miguel's like screwing off again today? Or something. Oh, screwing somebody. Come on, let's get or with someone. it. Boy, what a, why did we get involved in that? It's your fault. Yeah. You should have said fault. to me, you should have said to me, under no circumstances, and you uh, were right there. You were another Every again. year. Every year. Well, what, what, was, what did I it. say? What was my answer? What was my answer when they first brought well, this problem? I know what your final me? answer was. Which is Fine, the there you go with that Regis crap again. Yeah. How'd you like having to bank the money he's made the last five years? Oh, the last five minutes. Oh, brother. I mean, you know, don't take don't take this wrong, even though he's a big Notre Dame nut, but I like Regis a lot. He's a good guy. But, that having been said, for a guy with his talent to be making that kind of money, you know? I mean, people talk about the money I'm making. Regis makes more money in two minutes than I make in uh, five years, okay? He's just, he's swimming in a sea of money, drowning in it. Between that, who wants to be a millionaire, and that uh, awful show with Kelly Ripa, and uh, formerly with Kathy Lee, and all the, and and then of course those commercials he's doing, he's got endorsements up the old uh, earlobe. My God, and I don't begrudge him uh, at all, but you got to admit, for a guy with his talent to be making that kind of money, he uh, ought to be kissing the Blarney Stone every chance he gets. I sure do. I kiss the old Blarney Stones. Is that what you call it? Yes. Oh, here's our one lonely call. WQAM. Neil Gott. Yes, sir. Embarrassed to say I know who Kelly uh, Pickler is. She is on American Idol, and she's a little blonde hottie and country girl, and but she's just dumb as dirt. Bum, so. Like Jessica Simpson, blonde uh, bimbo dumbo. Exactly, and she's just so cute, and you want to get past it, but it's just so tough. So uh, <laughs> keep it up. <laughs> okay, thanks, Pally. Yeah, I know what people like that. CBD. Cute but dumb. Or as the old saying goes, young and dumb and full of... Fun. Something. Fun. You better watch it, mister. Joyce is going to hey. be all over your ass, man. Hey, I've never been fine. You're good. She's going to be all over your ass. She's going to be smearing you. Oh. WQAM, hello. Twist the turban, turban twister. Uh, uh, I'd like to have that jackass come up here and say that to one of my cab drivers. Twist this. Even Chubby Checker likes to twist your head right off if it would do any good. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. I'd just like to say Phil Saltzman is the worst karaoke singer I've ever heard in my life. Oh, please don't tell me Phil Saltzman's really doing karaoke, please. Yes, sir. I was at a restaurant and he jumped on stage and it was horrible. Boy. Wow. That's, Have a great... that's a pretty scary thought. Thanks for the bad news. Come on, Phil. Come back to your senses. Senses. Wow. Good guy, though, Phil Saltzman. Decent race caller. Not certainly the best, but good guy. Certainly a lot better than Mike Battaglia. 
on the outside. Oh, brother, he is. You know, see, the thing with Hank discussing any of the people in the sports fraternity, it's, it's, a, it's like discussing dieting with Hank. There are just certain topics I have to steer clear from. You should intercede and warn me, remind me. Okay. Well, he, he just doesn't, he, you can't discuss about certain what? things the, with some people. You know thing? that. And it's just like uh, he's part of that sports fraternity. He's buddies with all these people, even the losers like Mike Battaglia. So bringing anything like that up, he just wants to defend. And that, that's, that's why we like him a lot. Too bad he doesn't take his blood sugar. WQAM, hello. Mm -hmm. Oh, you could have done better than that. That was too, too short. Don't you hit a short one like that? All the time. Line nine. Any line. No, not the raspberry line. That was that's supposed to be on line one. Five six seven oh five sixty. Come on, you guys can do it. I can smell it. I can tell it's Wednesday, it's the middle of the week, it's hump day, like some really moronic people say. It's a day for a zillion calls. I got a huge pile here, by the way. I got like uh, piles like up the uh, nose. Hear it? I heard it. WQAM, hello. For closing files. New reports assist you with tracking tasks for all your files in the reports module. To learn more about these new features, contact your fund sales representative. Hmm. We should leave this on until 2 o'clock. Why is it always the same song, though? Is it? It's always her voice. Did you see? We talked about that a year or two ago. Remember mm -hmm. they showed that uh, chick? Right. She uh, does all the stuff in her basement, and she's she's on all these messages. She records them in her basement. She's got a studio. I mean, that's really something. People that have a, a studio right in their own home, they can work out of their own uh, bedroom yeah. there without leaving. They can, like they can... Uh, hop out of bed in the morning and like walk about right. ten feet into their, their studio shorts. and sit their fat yeah. ass down like I'm doing right now in my yeah. boxer shorts and t-shirt. I have a t-shirt when it's this cold, man. All the sun is out. Holy! I just noticed it's uh, blue skies. Sun is out. Let's give that weather report for Castronova. Sunny and uh, 32. Although it's going to be 38 tomorrow, 40 tomorrow and Friday, 41. Oh, there she is. In the GTA. The GTA. Oh, she sends me right to the bowl. Wait till you hear her. Changes. Is that where she's from? That sounds like it. The GTA. I like it. Oh, she, everybody I know just uh, gags when they see for us then, and we're looking at a high of 5 degrees for us on Sunday, and that is... Oh, say GTA once, please. Say GTA. So by the weekend, we should be on par. Oh, damn it. She didn't say GTA. Oh, well, maybe anyway, huh? You can make that a regular feature. <laughs> <part of them. laughs> wow. Yeah, see, it's one thing people would hate this city if they don't like foreigners, because everybody here basically is a foreigner, like me. Yeah, I was just going to say. They're still hocking about that suspicious package Bob's on the White Bob's House grounds. ...to bring in people as well. From, and they're, you're in the Washington, D.C., the heart of the nation's capital. They have President's not there, though. Be afraid. Federal Be very afraid. Right. The agencies available to them at just a moment's notice. So for your many years at the, at the White House, John, not, not a typical day at the office, but probably more days like this than you could... You notice John Roberts now is on CNN because they got screwed over at CBS. Nice going, John. He's a good news guy with that uh, kind of like salt and pepper hair. He's a mature-looking guy. He uh, looks good on camera. He's been there for years. He's a good Canadian boy, by the way, I believe, John Roberts. Never heard yes, of him. Yes, he is. Huh? Never heard of him. Yeah, you did. He used to fill in for Dan Rather all the time. What are you talking about, you, who? you communist? Dan who? Right. I'm going to throw up in my throat a little bit, my mouth a little bit, if you can stop it. Oh, yeah. there you go. God. Spit it out. He should have been the, not that old okie-dokie Bob Schieffer. And so now John Roberts jumps ships. He's over there on CNN with all those uh, Nazis. 
Beach Ford has gone mad. It's madness in March. See, we would have said March Madness, but that's a copyrighted the phrase. We can't say that. That's right. That's right. So it's madness in March all this month at Beach Ford. They just missed having a record month in February, so they're going to break that record to pieces this month. They're going to break it. And right now, extended camp Ford F-150s are as low as just 249 bucks a month with 995 down, plus fees with approved credit and 39-month lease. Madness in March at Beach Ford means you must be mad. You've got to be crazy enough to take advantage of deals like these. Rebates and discounts of up to $10,000 on all new and used vehicles. Now, if you're not in the market for a new car, but you know anybody who is, send them into Beach Ford because if they take delivery this month during the month of March, Beach Ford will send you 200 bucks in cash just for sending them by. And like I always tell you, the money comes from their advertising budget, so they won't tack it onto your friend's price and rip him or her or it off, as if you cared. Don't miss out on this once-a-year event. It's Beach Ford's Madness in March, extended cab Ford F-150s, low as $249 a month, discounts and rebates up to ten grand, and $200 just for referring a friend. So hurry in. Beach Ford is located two miles east of the Golden Glades on 163rd Street, West Dixie Highway. Don't ask for Paul, by the way. He ain't there no more. I guarantee you, though, you'll love your Beach Ford experience. This is Neil Rogers. This is say who? Yeah, well, we know who he is now. London Lee, man, he's a uh, legend in your mind. He and stormed the studio. Mind. Everybody and else Miguel and uh, and, uh, you know, like the whole staff had a, an encounter with him except for me. Really? Oh, you never uh, ran into him? You never encountered him? No, but Josh will give you a long, detailed description of how grisly and short and uh, Sun Friday is. And obnoxious? Yeah. That melanoma bit comes to mind. So was he mm-hmm. dressed like Austin Powers when you saw him? No, not really. Oh, okay. 
He, had he the, wants. Uh, he wants on. Maybe we can give him two to four. What do you say? He had the uh, the dark glasses on inside. I don't trust people oh, who yeah. wear glasses. Oh yeah, people inside. that wear shades inside. Richard Belzer does that too. I'm I'm very right. nervous about people that wear shades Howard. inside. Who does? Howard Stern. Oh, he does. You never see him without his sunglasses. A little round uh, John. Well, I thought that was just part of his body. I, I just I don't know what that's all about. There's a guy that does a sports show on the fan up here. It's I called Being one Cool, the, don't you and know? And they simulcast it on TV. I don't know what his name is. He's a very uh, marginal, and he he wears shades all the time while he's doing the show. It's called Being Cool, Daddy O. Oh, is that what it is? He's about as cool as an elephant's fart. Oh, speaking of cool, the MTV Awards uh, say goodbye to Miami. But they've had it. Yeah. And who could blame them? Not me. Perhaps a little bit homesick sick after spending the last two years in Miami. They're heading back to the Big Apple this August. New York City is our hometown, MTV's president, Christina Norman, said. Christina Norman Kent. In a statement released yesterday to the A&P. The ocean blue waters of Miami had been the backdrop for the awards since 2004, with stars arriving by yacht. The awards taking place on the American Airlines Arena at the uh, Yenta, uh, Yenta Arena, the Mickey Arison Arena, the corrupt one, and after show parties held on fashionable South Beach. But this year, Radio City Music Hall will be the venue, and MTV promised to do all its power to focus attention on the August 31st event. Mark it down on your arm. We are really looking to showcase the music, culture, and people from every borough of this amazing city on TV, online, broadband, and wireless to fans around the globe, Norman said. Norman Elliott Kent. Kent. Pompano Beach, how do you lose a streetlight, the Sun Sentinel wants to know. Several cities in Broward County fear FPNL. Florida Plunder and Loot has lost more than a few and is billing taxpayers for light poles that don't exist. Uh-huh. Not Florida Plunder and Loot. Gee. Sounds dishonest to me. The dispute between the cities and the utility giant over the true number of streetlights has reached a face-off in Pompino Beach. By the way, I still don't have any Pompano Park copy, Troy. I'd be more than happy to do it to throw a spot in there. Go to Pompano Park, lose your money, have a good time. Oh, and the good news from the Humper the other day is that they're not going to have to close down the poker rooms at the Pure Mutual just because the slots are coming in, even though your fat-ass governor wanted to shut that down. I say shut the lottery down. City leaders say they've been pay paying for 453 light poles, too many in Pompino Beach. They plan to slash 61,000-plus from their electric bill next month, recouping more than a year of overpayments, whether FPNL exit or not. So there you go. Tamarack and Coral Springs also are counting poles to see whether the residents are being overbilled. I wonder if they're counting pools in Buffalo. Public Works staffers in Coral Springs sampled 600 lights in their city. They couldn't find 36 of them. In Fort Lauderdale, recent annexations have led city officials to wonder whether they, too, are being overcharged by Florida plunder and loot. The doubting began in Pompano Beach, where leaders have argued for more than a year that FPL has overcharged the city. The power company charges governments a flat rate for every streetlight, but doesn't often update its counts. In December 2004, city leaders presented the power company with their survey totaling 6,200 streetlights. They told FPNL they were overpaying by over four grand a month for the 453 missing light poles. Email records show city officials pleased to fix the bill, never resolved. Just like those bills the Beasley keep fixing, you know, like from the uh, satellite people. Never paid, never resolved. That's me. I'm at Papano Beach. Well, there you go. You're getting ripped off, man. I know. I'd, I'd, I'd write to uh, somebody. Write to the Herald. Call up Al Sunshine on Channel 4 and see if he'll wave his ham hocks at you. 766 votes. We're not going to make 1,000 today, and that's going to be really depressing because you people are really slacking off. 774. See, I was hoping we'd get to like 800 by noon. Not going to happen. Nope. Well, so how are we going to get to 1,000? Get out and push. We're going to push it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, and, you know, well, we had a really slow start because ordinarily I put the next day's poll on around 6, 7 in the p.m. to give them a head start because we didn't want them to get too bored with the previous one. 
Which of Neil's comments piss you off the most? Maybe they just don't like this poll because they all agree with everything I say. Because, you know, how could they not? I agree with everything I say. That was my vote. None of his comments pissed me off. 633, a full 81.7%. His comments about politics pee me off. 33, I get peed off. His comments about blacks, 26. His comments about religion, 26. How about religious blacks? Fakers like Al Sharpton. His comments about guns, 26. His comments about... Orthodox Jews, 10. Just wait till July, man, when they like wearing over 400 pounds of clothing, the heavy coat with that big schmata on the head, and they smell like the end of the world. As a matter of fact, if you're wondering what the end of the world smells like, come to Woodbine. Okay. His comments about Cubans, 9. His comments about callers, 8. And his comments about rednecks, Solamente Trace. I don't understand that. Maybe we just don't got no rednecks to get pissed off. Out of 778, that's great. We'll get to the 1,000. You'll see. Where there's a will, there's a... Neil, God! Where there's a will, there's a... Gay. Way. Tom says, listen to an interview with Kevin Phillips on NPR's Fresh Air yesterday regarding his new book, American Theocracy, in which he blasted Bush and laid out the obvious connection between the right wing, big oil, and uh, the war. There's the Bush constituency, radical religious right-wingers led by the Cheneyites who equate national security with private sector profits. What a shock. Did anyone ever tell the kids or their parents at the recruiting office they were about to embark on a great Christian crusade to make Exxon executives richer? No, they were set off to be maimed and murdered so they could accomplish the great mission of democratization. Right, democracy's on the march. Oh, there he is. He's in Wheeling, West Virginia. I retired approximately two years. Yeah, he's Wheeling it. After all the lies, if we're finally to believe that our nation's ultimate purpose in Iraq was to bring the true meaning of American democracy to a bunch of religious zealots, then when has it been more appropriate for our soldiers to look home, scratch their heads, and say, we have met the enemy and he is us this time? Well, that sounds like something that Charles Schultz would say in Peanuts. Didn't he say four score in the seven years ago? Just the other day. I think he said that. Charlie Schultz. Or was that George Schultz? Sergeant Schultz. See, this is what, uh, this is what happens uh, when you eat way too much and you don't t- test your blood sugar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it's just, it, drain, it drains the flow funny. of the blood from your brain, and all of a sudden it's like you have like a vacuum. It drains your brain? It, it's a brain drain. Like we have in the QM sales department. A brain drain. A strain. Pro- speaking of a strain, prosecutors dropped sex case against teacher. Did you see this? Yes, I did. I uh, let out a hoop, a hoot, and a holler. I see. You like her? Sure. She's a nice uh, blonde young lady. I, I, you know, my heart goes out to her in, in this yeah, moment. Yeah, well, she's got her hand over her heart. She That's looks right. like she's singing the uh, national anthem or something. I'm, I'm here for her. I'm here for you, Debbie. And she ain't interested. I know. I'm too old. Prosecutors have dropped charges yesterday against a former teacher accused of having sex with a middle school student. The teacher, Deborah Lafave, offered her deepest apologies to the 14-year-old boy and his family. Lafave, this is in Ocala, where they were just horsing around. Lafave 25 said she's undergoing therapy for bipolar disorder. That's and right. Rem- that's what? exciting when I found out she was bi. Was Holy. very remorseful about the events that led to her arrest in June 2004. She's very remorseful. And on this story, you can click on the link and watch her explain it. Naked. Not. My greatest regret would probably be the fact that I put this young man through this, she said. Lefebvre taught reading at a suburban Tampa middle school before her arrest. The boy told investigators he had sex with Lefebvre three times in four days in June 2004, according to court documents. One of those times was in a car while his 15-year-old cousin drove him around, he told authorities. I wonder if his cousin was looking in the rearview mirror a lot, you think? Probably. Or like reaching back over the uh, seat, grabbing a little something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of course, I'm not sure what he was grabbing. He also said she performed oral sex on him multiple times, including once at her home. In November, Lafayette pleaded guilty in Hillsborough County Court to two counts of lewd and lascivious behavior. She was sentenced, and she ought to be spanked. 
Yeah, that's a she good was idea. sentenced in that case to she ought to be spanked. She was sentenced in that case to three years under house arrest and seven years probation required to register as a sex offender. One of the incidents was alleged to have occurred in Marion County, so similar charges also were filed there, and Lefebvre's defense negotiated a similar P, a, a P agreement. But that deal was tossed out yesterday by Marion County Superior Court Judge Hale Stansel, and prosecutors there dropped charges when the teen balked at testifying. He's mum. He ain't speaking. It's over. And this time the case is really over and for good, Lefebvre's lawyer John Fitzgibbon told reporters. We can only hope now the next few weeks Debbie will basically fade into a footnote in everybody's memory, except the kid, of course. No, no. She needs to pose for Playboy or something. In a written statement, Assistant State Attorney Richard Ridgway said the trial was likely to be broadcast on cable TV, raising concerns about the privacy the boy Lefebvre was accused of molesting. He would have been the prosecution's key witness, but not no more. The court may be willing to risk the well-being of the victims in this case or to force it to trial, Ridgway said. I am not. Lefebvre criticized the extensive media coverage her case received, accusing reporters of invading the privacy of her former student. She said she was taking a journalism course online, adding, God has given me a great outlet to write. Hey, oh, God! And I would hope I could reach people through writing. I'm a strong Christian woman, she said. I believe that God has a path for me, and that was just a bump in the road. She said it felt like a bump. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QA. What's up? Oh, this is Pope John Paul Lind. And if you ask me, the only thing more fun than playing grab ass with a Swiss guy is the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. Oh. Early this morning, around 4 a.m. And it smelled like rotten carcass on a dinner plate. I pulled the cover up over my head so I could breathe. But your aroma's keeping me awake. And even though I know you never shave under your arms, I've been trying my best. Not complain reminds me of my toilet drain, but clean your hair and wash your rectum, brush your teeth before you rectum, put some speech stick for your armpits. You're so stinky. You smell like candy on my sweater or a real wet Irish setter. I think I'm gonna send you a letter saying you're so stinky. I went out driving and holding the air was clear Cause you smell like someone's vomit mixed with stale beer I guess I'm feeling just a little bit tired of this It's open nice perfume, you know it does exist Oh, all clear at the White House, everything is a-okay Oh, we're fine Bobby the robot checked out the package. An odor like moldy wood when it warps. Check your pulse, you smell like a corpse, but clean your hair and wash your rectum. Brush your teeth before you rectum. Buy some speed stick for your armpits. You're so stinky. Smell like happy on my sweater. All clear at the White House. Everything is A-OK. 797 votes on the poll. We're not going to make our 1,000 unless we get to about 850 by the bottom of the hour. You folks better get with it and hop on it. 
Ask not what your talk host can do for you. Ask what you can do uh, with very minimal effort. Of course, I think that's the whole audience now, isn't it? 750-some? About right. 790. 790. Man held in White House suspicious package probe. Boy, there's nothing worse than a suspicious package. Man who tossed a suspicious package out of the North Lawn of the White House today has been taken into custody, according to the Secret Service. Well, I guess aren't watching Michael Moore today. This individual has done a similar act in the past. He's in custody, said Secret Service spokesman Tom Mazur. I wonder if he's kin to Bill Mazur, the old sports nerd guy from Buffalo and then WHN in New York, which is now the station that Moe is on. The package was noticed just after President Bush left by a helicopter from the South Lawn on the opposite side of the White House for a trip to Wheeling, West Virginia. What a good place for him. A remote control device was used to probe the package. It was Robbie the Robot, I'm sure of it. Right? Right. Did that's, you, did that's you what see it? No, I didn't. Oh, come on. A remote-controlled robot was used to probe the package. It was probing it near a fence that runs along Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue. Normal security protocols are in place, Mazur said. The Secret Service secured the White House and raised its internal alert system by one level during the investigation to... to um, by aiming! Pink. Reporters, cameramen, and photographers were told to remain inside the briefing room while office. But now we got the all clear. Everything is just A-OK. Okay. okay. Everything's fine. Thanks, God. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty in the Verizon singular wireless lines. Well, these phones, man, have died off like uh, Abe Lincoln, just as dead as a doornail. Aren't you shocked? No. I think it's going to be a long, hot summer. I don't want to get you all nervous. It always June, is. Not that June is always two, only two months away. I know. No, three. I'm sorry, three months. Boy, I tell you, <laughs> don't count your chickens before Orrin Hatch. Three months away. Damn. April, May. And we got only, I think, one more exhibitionist Marlin Day game. That's next Tuesday at 1250. Yeah, exactly. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, I was calling today to see for, uh, V for Vendetta. Did you see no. it? No. George oh, saw it and Josh saw it. Did they like it? George uh, thought it was okay and Josh liked it a lot. Ah, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Actually, while I was on hold uh, a few times when I was calling, I heard you say Christian Crusade reminded me of the point I wanted to make on your show a while ago, and I forgot to do it. Uh, what has religion... What is religion Who did Mo? What is it? <laughs> what has religion produced? What has religion uh, put forward? What inventions has it made? What what has it contributed in, in history of anything? Well, we learned that the earth was flat. We learned that. Hey, it got a lot of people to heaven. Right. No, a lot saying, of people, people killed. Their, their point of view is based in religion. You know, these psychopaths. We're running the country. Based on ignorance and superstition and hocus pocus, and all of these things. Who, anyone who calls in and says charity, my God, who hasn't given something charitable in their life? And yeah. Religion is not needed to give charity. So other than that, I want people to call in and tell tell me what has religion done? It's science. Okay, well, listen. When you okay. get your own show, you have them call in and tell you that because I don't want to hear about it. It's all nonsense. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. I got two comments. I just saw Team America the other day. I had never seen it before. Excellent. And why Why did Michael Moore blow himself up? Because he's a terrorist. <laughs> oh, he is a terrorist? They well, I mean, that's, according to the right-wing. That's right the wing, comedy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all that's right. And the, the, second, the, second, the second comment is, America, F yeah. <laughs> I'll cue yeah. that right up. Yeah, sure you will. Well, it reminds me of some of the uh, clips they show in the interviews with some of the soldiers in Iraq, you know. 
about killing some effing, uh, you know, ragheads or whatever it is. Or, you saw that. Well, that was in also in Fahrenheit mm-hmm. 11. All of these movies that we've been watching. Be sure and watch uh, Loose Change Part 2 on our website, even though I know you won't. You won't even look at the Dreamfield pasta thing. We just, you know, we just lost the clout. That's all. And I, it's just a coincidence that it happened a long time. The new regime came along. You know, it's just a coincidence, I'm sure. We were kicking big, fat, smelly ass for a long time, for years, even on this marginal sports station. And then this new regime came along, and man, oh, man, you talk, talk about dropping the balls. How's that Pompano Park spot coming? I, I'm, I'm serious. I would, I would give them a free spot if, if uh, Steve Wolf would just fax me direct the copy. He's got the fax number. I'd give him a free spot. Urge everybody to come out for the racing 735 tonight. The poker room is open now, eight minutes ago. We got the slots coming in July. We got simulcasting every day, seven days a week. Free parking, free uh, admission every day. Right. Racing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. What live racing? There it is. I knew it was in here somewhere. Okay, that's enough of that. Don't get choice now. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. And I think the Neil piece. And then, of course, that one scene where everybody's a Matt Damon, faggot, faggot, everybody. Yes, yes sir, speaking. Hi, Neil. I yes. just wanted to uh, find out if you saw our president dodging every question that they gave him on uh, supposedly the new press conference that he yeah, did. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I was right here. I've seen it. Well, I think he's just trying to dodge everything that, you know, everybody wants to know. And for the next two years, it's going to be the same story, man. Okay, man. Thanks for the bulletin. Five six seven oh five sixty. How do you like that? Was that a perceptive call or what? Oh, that was pretty good. Uh, right on it. Just finishes guacamole. Hi, I have life. Okay, goodbye. Bye bye. See, I don't even waste my time with it. Just like stick my finger on it. Mm-hmm. Squash it like a like a ugly That's bug. That's right. Like stepping in dew. Five six seven oh five sixty. Last call for calls. Maybe this week. Okay, I might just like dispense with all these calls this week because I don't know why I keep doing this. You know, if I keep trying to talk sense to this new management and to our sales staff. And talk to a Troy Stratford about getting a, and about uh, getting a straight answer out of Duff. Hey Duff, let me say it again. I don't care who you are, you fairy. Look at that response, man. Look at this underwhelming response. Happy 30th anniversary, Neil. By the way, we don't want to talk to you about anything. We went for months and months and months, man. These phones were smoking. Am I right? They were smoking. smoking. Something. And then somebody stole your stuff. And by right. the way, you could smoke that two ounces by the weekend. <laughs> you got that right. Well, you said yesterday two ounces is an awful lot. I don't think for a guy like you. No. You can handle it. That's the way my you life goes. You and all your buddies. You and Joe Costello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that whatever happened from? to him? I don't know what you're talking about. Get out of here. Stop talking crap on the ear. You say one thing off the ear, and then on the ear, you're always what? like sucking up to these say guys. Say everything that I've said about Joe Get Costello off here. the ear. Something Go ahead. happened say to him. Right he just ain't the same. He's just not the same. I believe that messy divorce. Yeah, he is the same. So I, maybe you didn't notice something before. Oh, I, <laughs> oh, I'm, I apologize. That's you're right. <laughs> that was excellent. WQAM, hello, Uncle Neil. Uh, yes. The banter about the, the line you and Hank had this morning about we have met the enemy and he is us was actually a cartoon called Pogo that was syndicated. Walter, by- was that Walter Lance? Uh, or Mark Lance. Walter, Walter Schultz. Lance did Woody Woodpecker. No, it was not Charles Schultz. Pogo? Said Walter Get out Schultz. Of you hit the nail on the head. So you were a little more right than he was. <laughs> so it was, it was a good and he still And he still won't take his blood sugar. He still doesn't care about staying alive, this guy. I don't know what I'm going to do with that man. Nothing. That fat man. Huh? Now you're right. 
Just just deprogram me. Just tell me, uh, forget you know, about it. I, if you were here, I'd slap you. Yeah, give me a little slap on the side of the head and slap What's the matter with you? Me, okay, you're right. Fat people, <laughs> wanna, they want to be fat. They want to die a wicked death. So that's this just the way it is. is right. They want to take you with them, This experience. is 560 QAM. This is Joe Ball and the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They don't come any better than Neil Rogers. Are you obsessed with sports? Cheering for ball teams from colleges you've never been to? Worshipping dysfunctional drawling men called coach? Hey, coach! Unable to form your own opinion, so you resort to calling a sport hole radio show for their take? But you need something to do in between games, don't you? When you're being forced to think. Well, take this, sport hole. Jock Strap Gun. Surround yourself with sports inside and out with the satisfying taste of groin juice. Jockstrap gum is individually wrapped sticks of yellow gum assorted in the flavor of your favorite athlete. So embrace the dumbness and enjoy the long-lasting flavor of congealed sweat. I think that would be an even better slogan than the one I had in mind about this the QAM, the station that takes the joy out of living. Uh-huh. Embrace the dumbness of sports talk. Don't you like right, that? Embrace I'll, the dumbness. I'll That's wrap my arms mind. around it right now. Okay. 829 vote by 1216. It means like by the bottom of the hour, we ought to have about 850. And we'll do it. We'll get our thousand in spite of what Josh said before. No confidence, man. That's you. you. See me, you've seen me do it before. You've seen me put these people over the edge by by just slapping them, Ow! whipping them into shape. They're so lethargic. It's just, it's sad. It's tragic. It's such a lethargic place. Must be that sunshine that just melts everybody into a state of lethargy. Sitting off in a corner in a big lounge chair, shoveling all kinds of Doritos and crap in their fat face. And who the hell am I to talk after eating all that damn ice cream and all that garbage I was eating for? Yeah, that's right. For months, it's a miracle I'm still alive. Yes, it and is. I'm, and I'm lecturing other people? Just that I happen to discover something that I'm really excited about, and nobody else cares. Nobody, although the Beast was asking, see? And I want to clarify one thing about that Dreamfields, and I'll leave it alone. Because I'm not making no money off of it, and it cost me an arm and uh, 16 legs to have that shipped up here. In fact, I got two, two shipments. I got enough to feed the Chinese army. But it's not like, because uh, we've in the past had some uh, substitute pastas, and that's why people, diabetics especially, are really very leery of this stuff. Like that slimy shirataki noodle stuff I talked about. Oh, man, mm. shoe leather, shoelaces, horrible crap. But this is like regular pasta. It doesn't have any uh, uh, tofu in it, no soy. No it's soy what? It's made from durum semolina. I beg your pardon? No soy in what? Speak it in English, will you please? Noi soy gay. Not this week. <laughs> what I converted. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the Verizon Singular Wireless line. I've got forty five thousand very very important stories here, but I would much rather talk to you folks, wouldn't you? Don't you think? Yeah, let's let's. The do audience that. would much rather hear the articulate, the poignant comments that you people have got to like pass along. WQAM, hello. Intellectual line. WQAM, hello. Neil. QAM, yes, sir. Hey, um, I know it's all news. About a week or two ago, you were talking about Rumsfeld and um, 
and so forth. Didn't he leak it out that they actually did shoot down that plane in Pennsylvania? No. He leaked remember it out? Admit, yeah, remember well, he, well, he made a comment. Yeah, he made uh, it. It depends on how you interpret the comment. Yeah, it's, it's on that uh, loose change. Go watch it again. Yeah. There, there's one sentence that he said you can certainly interpret it that way. But watch the uh, movie, okay? It's on our website. Hour and 20 minutes. Loose change part two. It's got. You don't have to watch the first one because the second one's just the same with expanded uh, stuff. Additional footage. You think they're going to watch it? No. No. I, and I have no way of finding him. I, maybe Eric can uh, pass that along to me. Is he in the little uh, chat room? Is he in the box? Or is he filling his fat face again? There's another one, man. And he's young. He has oh. lost a lot of weight since the time well, you saw him. Well, thank God for that. Eric, you ought to be on that Dreamfield stuff. You ought to have your lovely uh, Japanese wife get that stuff and cook up a right. whole... And don't eat too much of it. Like George said, two ounces is enough. He could smoke it by the end of the day. That's right. And uh, when they get that rice going... Yeah, and the, said, potato, yeah. and the taters. And mm. the riso. <laughs> I love mm. potatoes. Me too. In fact, I don't know about... I don't think I ever had a Wendy's baked potato. I would like the chives and the sour cream. I'm not crazy about baked potatoes. you got to just drown it and stuff just to make it, you know... Yeah, what have I always told you about that food that you have to like? Although pasta right. is the same way, although I do like pasta oh, like no. garlic and butter. Just butter and salt, man, and mm. I can eat my weight in it. Could you? Oh, yeah. And of course, me. I love my macaroni and cheese. I might get some of them elbows. In fact, I might just smear some cheese on my elbows at lunchtime. Yeah. Just kind of lick it. I wish I was double-jointed like Ron Jeremy, for obvious obvious reasons. WQAM, hello. Yes, hello. I want to speak to Neil. Speaking. Hey, Neil, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, the other day, <clears throat> I, I decided to take you guys' advice. The other day, I rented a network. network and? Did you fall asleep? No. Uh, it was the best advice. And I opened up my window and I began doing <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I am mad as hell. And you know what else I did? Uh, I, I treated myself uh, for New Year's uh, Eve. I took a flight to Amsterdam. Really? And uh, that was awesome. Where that was you awesome. Where did you um, I, I, stay, I stayed uh, at the Royal Hotel. The Royal Hotel was right there at uh, Dam Square. Oh, in that damn square, yeah. In that damn square. So you must have I, seen the Grand Crash Napolsky, eh? I, I saw all of it. And you know what else I saw? I bet you I took a few trips up the Rue de Vaseline there, the Warmerstraat. And, and Lainsplain. And, and, and Lainsplain. You know what else I saw? I saw only three cops. You know what they were doing? They were sitting around talking to each other drinking. Right. It was, the, it was the best trip. And you know what? Within a year, I am getting my ass... Out of here. Thank okay. you very much, Neil. Okay. I'll still believe. <laughs> Dewey. There you go. And there's a guy that went to Amsterdam and liked it. I'll, I'll go back. I always, I get, it just ain't what it used to be. Because there's too many Dutch people there. If they get rid of the Dutch people, let all the tourists come in there and have a fun time. The Dutch are not fun people, you know what I mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> They're about as much fun people as the Bush people are. Just not, not fun. Not a barrel of laughs. And hate, and hate everybody. You think the French hate everybody? The Dutch really hate everybody. Oh, it's bad. Just the way they are, man. And the fact that there's all that permissiveness—it's got nothing to do with them. It's just their government. It has nothing to do with the Dutch people. They are not—they're not liberal. They're not progressive. They're not friendly. They're just uh, what they are. They're slimy. They're like those noodles. Remember noodles and that Luxembourg? Eight hundred and thirty-seven. Right. They don't like the Jews either. Like the Swedes, they hate the Jews. But then again, like that bit says, everybody hates the Jews. Eight thirty-seven on the poll. We we'll get to a thousand. You'll see. If not, we're staying on the air till we get to a thousand. Who's on it too? Oh, Geldy, he'll wait. He'll wait. He doesn't care. He's not a hard-ass like his do, 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 predecessor there. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, have you ever had a big black one in your mouth? 
WQAM, hello. 5670560, pound 560 in the Verizon Singular Wireless Line. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how are you? Pretty good. Hey, how's the progress coming on the Florida bullet train? Call up your fat-ass governor and ask him how it's coming, okay? It'll be here along with full-fledged casino gambling in about two weeks. Full-fledged casinos, craps. In fact, that's your governor's specialty is craps. WQAM, hello. My sugar's high. WQAM, hello. Hi, Uncle Neil. Happy belated 30th. Well, thanks. I was arriving in Amsterdam the day of your 30th, so I couldn't exactly... Well, anybody's going to Amsterdam, that's where the whole audience is. They're all at Dan Square. I actually called George the week before I left. Sorry, George. No rules. Um, Damn it. <laughs> I looked around with no thanks. But I'm I have to give you to 10 say, bucks a piece for him. Yeah, let me say, George, Josh, it's heaven on earth. It's the best place on the planet. you got to get there. It's great. Amsterdam yeah, is the best place on the planet? Well, sure, it's all better than here. Oh, well, uh, so is uh, Wheeling, West Virginia. Oh, no, thank you. I knew no lady from Wheeling. So is Charleston, South Carolina. So is Binghamton, New York. So is Ishpeming, Michigan. Well, I just wanted to say that great city and have a great show, guys. Where, where did you stay? I'm in North Miami. No, no I mean Amsterdam. now. I mean in Amsterdam. <laughs> where did you stay? <laughs> oh, I stayed at the Hotel Intel. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, right across from the Betty Boop. Great coffee shop. Huh. All right, guys. Okay, thanks, lady. Had a good time. Later. Later. See, I'm turning these people on to all the good stuff. Amsterdam, uh, this uh, Dreamfield, uh, Greenfield, Brothers 4. What was the one we played yesterday? Oh, the Kingston Trio. That's right. Where have all... Huh? Pete That's Seeger. Right. Where all, well, Pete Seeger recorded it, too. You know, he could sing, he thought. He was kind of like his own Bob Dylan, you know. He thought he could sing. Couldn't. Hey, hey, hey. Like that. Just like that. There's all a bunch of those. Hey, like that. Singers. 841 votes. Which of Neil's comments pisses you off the most? None of his comments piss me off. 683, 81.2%. We're keeping our head above water over 80%. Because once it gets under 80%, then we got real tourists. We don't want to be pissing off too many people there, you know? Maybe we could do like Mr. Ego and do a hate call seminar. You know, I, I was thinking about that in the shower this morning. For Talk you. about one Because he'd be going off to his baseball card shows, and then he'd come running in about five minutes late for his show, and totally unprepared. Oh, let's do another hate call seminar. And invite people to call up and bitch them out, and then after they got like two words out of them, oh yeah, blah, 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 like that, and he would like go on a tirade, ripping them an ass. Well, that that was very talented and took a lot of uh, skill and preparation. What a what a jackass, you know? Him and his that sycophants. That is great radio. Him and his little traveling entourage of uh, sycophants, of Klingons. See, that's one thing in life I'm not really fond of is Klingons. You know what I mean by that? Dingleberries. Yeah, like that. People who are like uh, attached at the hip, kind of like Clarence and his boyfriends there. The new uh, triumvirate. Although I do like the beast a little. Beast is okay. He's okay. Yeah, no, he's seriously. He's he's harmless. He's he means well. He's, he's he's yeah. It's hard to take him uh, in, in large doses, but in small doses he's okay. Five seconds here, two seconds there. He's all right. He got me some tickets, so I'm going to be nice to him for the like. No, no, seriously, I like uh, him just fine. He's I mean, harmless. nobody else did. Joe Rose hated him, and Mo, of course, hated him, but hated everybody else too. That's right. And uh, who else? And uh, Pharrell was uh, one. Remember, kept ah, let him off my show to be bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because the Beast had those big numbers. <laughs> yeah, that was, number belt, one that was his belt size. Uh, yeah. Now he's okay, but then, of course, there's always Robert. This is Neil Rogers. This I don't is care who you are. You
I read the bedtime stories because I know that the audience is composed of intellectual folks from all walks of life. All work. That's right. You know, speaking of uh, lunatics, I just got an email from your friend in sales with new dollar mattress copy. He emails it. Well, guess what? I can't uh, download we've, it. Uh, we've certain, gone uh, through that before. Yeah, and, I don't. I don't take care of that by before. email. Okay, you can fax it. You can give it to George, and he'll fax it to me on like a re- regular uh, sheet of copy paper. That's the way we do copy at WQAM, where uh, your life ain't worth a dime. Oh look, Fat he sent boy. it to me too. He but did I've, already, I've already, I've uh, already told him that. You Not interested in, in emailing ability. copy, okay? Right. I want a physical piece of copy. Now, what's the story? Is he uh, work, working from the nursing home? We can only pray. No, I saw him uh, yesterday, today. I don't remember. Well, then why isn't he capable of like bringing you? Uh, I realize a great stress on his uh, walker oh, and uh, hey. waddling around, or shove, I, shoving it out of the door, putting it in a bottle, and floating it up this cane bed. I don't have to tell you how much effort is involved in getting up and going to the printer. Yeah, and, and waddling it over here. Right, he could well, die. Have right somebody here. else do it, okay? This is what's going on, and we got a new sales guy back there. And this was Joe Bell's claim to fame was that he was revitalizing and reorganizing the sales department. You got to be schmitting me, man. <laughs> this is pathetic. Same old. What did I say before? Back in January and February. What did I tell you? Monday, Saturday. What did I say? The the liars will continue to lie, and the game players will continue to play games. And guess what? The liars are continuing to lie, and the game players are continuing to play little games, like Clarence and Robert and the Beast, and Jeff. Hi, I, I. Although I do want to send a message. Hi, Tally. To him and his boyfriend out there. You still getting faxes from him, by the way? Yes. No, brother. See what I mean? Let's get a twofer. Let's get a package deal. If only Ranieri were still around. Remember, he had package deal. <laughs> what were those? 863 about? votes on the uh, poll. Yeah, Pharrell had package deals too. Different kind of deal. Got him For, fired. From the package store. <laughs> yeah, cash and carry. Man dies stuck in the mud after running from deputies. Dallas, Texas. Old stick in the mud. I mean, it wasn't really a big deal either. A man running from a routine traffic stop early yesterday sank waist deep in mud and apparently died of exhaustion and cold while authorities tried to pull him out. Deputy stopped Sean E. LaFleur, 33, for having an outdated registration sticker. That sounds like that McDuffie case in Tampa. Remember that years ago? Arthur McDuffie? I thought that was here. No, the riots were there. The uh, McDuffie thing happened in Tampa. I thought it happened here. The riots were in Liberty City. You, you better get your history straightened out, mister. All right. He thought he was wanted. That's, in fact, do a Google on it, Arthur All McDuffie. Right. Okay, if I'm dying, you're lying. Or is it the other way around? 
If I'm lying, you're both dying. Uh, he thought he was wanted. That's why he ran, Peretz said, Sergeant Don Peretz. But it turns out he wasn't wanted for anything except his driver's license was expired. The floor ran about 700 yards off the road where he got stuck in the mud. The weather was windy. Temperatures were in the upper 30s. About 30, man. In the dark field, which had been saturated by heavy rain. Deputies searched about an hour before finding him. Like in the movies when you see people go into the quicksand like that and disappear. Mm-hmm. They called for help and tried for another hour to pull him out, but uh, he died. He suffered from exhaustion, exposure, toxicology results pending. A passenger in the floor's vehicle was not injured. Well, thank the Lord for that. Thank Damn God for that. Oh, look at that. How, now, how did this magically come? Did he bring this into you? I he told you he emailed it to me. Oh, and, you, and so you printed and, it out and, and sent so it to I me. And so I printed it out thank and sent it to you. It's amazing. Oh, are these both the same? Or, yeah, these are both the same, right? Yes. You just sent it twice to be extra nice? No, I only sent it once. Well, it came out. It came twice. Well, well just to be sure. Right. They knew. I guess the fax machines on your end of mine knew who we were dealing with. Well, there you go. It only took a herniatic effort to get a change of copy after a month and a half. There you go. Nice going there, uh, Pally. Also on its way. What's that? The Arthur McDuffie story. It was not in Tampa? It was here. Like I said. No. And? Yes. I know, I know I mentioned this before, but you forgot. Very briefly, I did. Or was the, he uh, from Tampa? I don't know. You got the story there. I don't have it yet. It's there. I briefly dated the uh, secretary that worked with Janet Reno during that entire uh, thing. And if you're asking, wasn't I young to be dating the uh, secretary? The answer is yes. Uh, you were dating the secretary during the McDuffie uh, riot? No, no, afterwards. And uh, she got to transcribe. This particular secretary got to transcribe all of the uh, the internal stuff. So she was Next feeding you information Next you're going to be telling me you were dating Janet Reno. Yes. We go way back, me and Janet. Did you compare notes? Uh, you know that, <laughs> that little shakiness that she's got going? It ain't all bad. Arthur McDuffie died in 79, was an former insurance salesperson in Miami. Uh, Florida police caused one of the worst riots in U.S. the 80s Liberty City riots. Uh, McDuffie sold insurance, had been a U.S. Marine, a military police officer. He had two daughters and planned to marry his former wife and nurse when the incident happened. I told you, if I'm lying, you're dying. On December 17, 1979, Dade police spotted him doing stunts on his motorcycle, and McDuffie, who was unarmed, led them in a high-speed chase. I would have sworn it was in Tampa. When he stopped, white officers beat him into a coma. When reinforcements arrived, the officers lied, saying McDuffie had been injured in a crash. Days later, he died from his beatings. Four officers were indicted in the case, three charged with manslaughter, one charged with second-degree murder. On May 17, 1980, an all-white jury reached a verdict that the four officers were not guilty. A riot started in which 18 people died. Property damage estimated $100 million. Well, of course, to show you my twisted uh, memory of uh, history, it's bad. Sorry. Well, I guess because I'm an old senile fart. Probably the diabetes, too. Oh, yeah, that must be it. My mind's getting a lot sharper now that I'm down to 187, man. I haven't given you a number like that in a long time. There's You're right about like that. a good number. Huh? You're right about that. I, that's the lowest I've weighed in years. In years, mister. Hey, now, granted, i still got a way to go, about 27 pounds. Got a fax from Idine, who you don't want to hear from anymore? Yes, I don't. With the exact same thing that, that I just faxed you. I'm dying over here. With what? The exact same thing that I just faxed you from oh. Wikipedia. Go away, Idine. Iodine. Get lost. Get out of our face. That's, some, that's an inside. Uh, didn't we figure out who that was last week? No. Iodine? I mean, Somebody we might have, but I forget. Somebody we know, just like that phony fax I got that day from that law firm. What the hell was it? Cohen, not Cohen and Cohen. What was that place? Remember that? No. About uh, quit uh, talking about the uh, our blaming the hurricane for the rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that thing. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. That very familiar handwriting, the chronic. That was from across the, the street. Wah. It was what? That was from across the street. Oh, I'm sure of that. 
I'm sure of that. Well, take a look at their fine numbers during the hurricane. So, in other words, if the hurricane had nothing to do with it, is that supposed to mean we had they had no audience during the month of November across the street? Everybody in their audience died? And, of course, believe me, if you turned on most of those shows, you would, too. This is Neil Rogers. Hey, OJ, who you kidding, this sweetheart? This is 560 QAM. Rogers, God. Ever dreamed of being a has-been 80s pop star who now makes a fool of herself every week on national television? Well, now you can. With the Paula Abdul Medhead School of Random Thought and Incoherent Jibber Jabber. Hello. That's right. In just three short weeks, we'll teach you how to stammer and stutter. You are just good. Just everything just... Every... From the... With the, the and the thing with that song. We'll teach you how to stare blankly at the camera and flirt out a slurred, rambling, and totally disjointed sentence. Every, from the, your stance, from the moment you open up your mouth, from what? The, just standing there in front of the microphone, from the, your artistry, what Stop you it. pick. Stop it. You're actually giving me a headache. Imagine the discomfort and embarrassment you'll create for your co-workers who are forced to sit next to you and behave as if nothing is wrong. It was a complete utter mess. It didn't capture my attention at all. I didn't get it at all. I'm confused. Honestly, I apologize, America. Sign up now for your spot at the Paula Abdul Medhead School of Random Thought and Incoherent Jibber Jabber. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it did. Call now, 1-800-JIBBER-JABBER. That's 1-800-JIBBER-JABBER. 1245 at 560. I would have sworn that Arthur McDuff either was from Tampa, there was some kind of a Tampa connection to that story. I'll, I'll bet you anything. I'll okay. bet you any amount you want. He probably had heard of Tampa. No. Maybe he went to Burns Steakhouse once. That might be. 880 uh, votes on the pool, which if we get to 900 by uh, the top of the hour, we should be we should be good for 1,000. And don't and don't forget, it's very important because for every vote that we're short of 1,000 at the end of each day on the show, uh, for each vote that we're short, Josh gets a dollar subtracted from his monthly paycheck. That's right. So if we have a bad week, it's going to be like have a minus in front of it? I'm thinking a plus, maybe. A minus. Because, well, what happens uh, if we know, get over Josh a thousand? He's not part of the uh, Clarence fraternity. He's not a UM fan. He's not a. Uh, he's not Jewish, and he's not part of that little core of uh, the guys that sit around in a circle. And uh, you know, I am a UM fan, but that's beside the point. No, you're not. A UM what? Football fan. I am. Yeah. You like their Parcheesi team? Huh? How about that UM hockey team? Actually, Miami of Ohio has got a very good uh, hockey team. You know that? There's a little trivia for you, not that you care. By the way, speaking of hockey, we've got Geldy at 2 from the Yenta Center, baby, with Eric Reed talking through his teeth at 3.30, the heat guy. Eric Reed talks through his teeth. And then we've got the Mad Dog at 4 till 6.30, Panther preview 6.30 tonight, and the Panthers host the Washington Capitals and Alexander Ovechkin. Don't be Kvechin if you don't see Ovechkin. He got benched the other night. For being a jackass, but oh. he's a great player. I don't care. I don't care what anybody writes. He's great. Alexander Ovechkin. You can go to see him. Okay. Well, they're playing the Panthers and the Capitals. It's a must game. Seven o'clock tonight. The Panthers are on fire, baby. They're smoking it. You go there for that. Sure. And on thirteen sixty a.m., we got the hurricane warm up with Laryngitic Clarence and uh, Spastic Joe Zagaki. Uh, 1360 a.m. WKAT at seven thirty eight o'clock. Hurricanes in Michigan. NIT. Eddie K on QAM at ten. Really, uh, what a joke! It's the only station I've ever worked on where I have to give like the the, the program lineup for two different stations because we're always farming it out. That that ought to be our billboard campaign: farm out. Eight eighty-seven. Boy, I'm in heaven. We're going to make that thousand just to show Josh a thing or two. You didn't think we could do it. You really you your, I'm telling you, you had your doubts. You <laughs> you've seen me in action do this thing and force these people whether they want to or not. They don't, they don't wanna. They don't wanna. 
They don't want to get off their ass and go to the computer and uh, cast a vote on there, you know. Just for vote, uh, none of his, uh, what he says, pisses me off. That'll, that'll keep it over 80%, because if it goes under 80%, we're all going to get fired. Because we don't want to piss off her. Then Joyce will get her, stick her fine finger into it. So you were dating who? You were dating Janet Reno's girlfriend? That's right. Wow. Make something up. The bigger, the better. Well, I, I didn't understand what you said. The secretary know, of, of the McDuffie One of, thing. Listen, the state attorney has a secretarial pool. Oh, the state attorney. Has that, which would have been Janet Reno at Catherine the time. Fernandez Rundley were dating her? That's right. Yeah, those kids, those kids of hers, they're mine. I see. They're always getting into trouble and getting arrested. That, Here's more about that good old-time religion, by the way, that some of you are defending. We're not too happy with that. Uh, let's see, how many people? 31 people say they're most pissed off my comments about religion. Well, you know what? <coughs> too bad. Raspberry. A big, juicy raspberry with whipped cream sounded on it. like a god fart to me. It was not a fart. You know, you're just, I tell you, you're, you're one step away from having Joyce come there and beat your ass with a club. <laughs> uh, I'd love to meet her. Yeah, I bet you would. I bet you she farts. I bet you she farts rancid. Oh, my Rank. God. You would you would just swoon. Like death. You would swoon if you were in a, a small elevator like the one there at our building. They you were in an elevator with that. Joyce, and she cut some nasty, nasty elephantine cheese. You would be plastered against the side of the wall, gasping for an oxygen mask. I have no doubt. That's what I hear. That's what Norma Kent said. Since she farts up a storm right there at lunch. In the days of the Taliban, this is that religious, this is more on the story we had yesterday, about the guy that's probably going to get off, or at least is going to because he converted to Christianity. And thank God we got rid of the Taliban and we're promoting freedom and democracy in Afghanistan and Iraq. That's right. Freedom and democracy. March. March. In the days of the Taliban, those promoting Christianity in Afghanistan could be arrested, and those converting from Islam could be tortured and publicly executed. That was supposed to change after U.S.-led forces ousted the oppressive fundamentalist regime. But the case of 41-year-old Abdul Rahman has many Western nations wondering if Afghanistan is regressing. Absolutely. Regressing. Moving in the wrong direction, kind of like Iraq. Regressing. Not progressing. Regressing. Like this radio station under the new regime. Rahman, a father of two, was arrested and is on trial for rejecting Islam. The Afghan constitution, which is based on Sharia or Islamic law, says that apostates can receive the death penalty. They want to sentence me to death, and I accept it, Rothman told reporters last week, but I'm not a deserter, not an infidel. Who do you like better, Fidel or the infidel? Oh, infidels, please. He had been arrested after telling local police whom he approached on an unrelated matter that he had converted to Christianity. Not a good choice, not a good idea, Abdul. Reports say he was carrying a Bible at the time, an even worse idea. Oh, my God. He said he converted to Christianity 16 years ago after working with a Christian aid group that assisted refugees in neighboring Pakistan. Yesterday, a state prosecutor said Rahman may be mentally unfit to stand trial. We think he could be mad. He's not a normal person. He doesn't talk like a normal person. The AP quoted prosecutor uh, Sara something rather as Zamari is saying. Senior Zamari. Yeah, careful. Moyadun Baluk. Baluk, <laughs> yeah. Baluk, Baluk. Yeah, maybe he knows Eddie. A religious advisor to President Karzai said Rahman would undergo a psychological exam. Uh, doctors must examine him, the AP quoted Baluk as saying. What if he's kin to Bernard Baruch? Baluk. If he's mentally unfit, definitely Islam has no claim to punish him. He must be forgiven. The case must be dropped. But on the other hand, <laughs> oh, wow. Rahman's case raises thorny issues between Afghanistan and its Western allies, and U.S. officials this week made certain that Afghan Foreign Minister Abdullah Abdullah, who's in Washington for talks, he's akin to Jose Jimenez, who's in Washington for talks on the U.S.-Afghan strategic partnership, understood their qualms. They have qualms. They have issues. We have underscored also to Foreign Minister Abdullah that we believe that tolerance and freedom of worship are important elements of a democracy. 
U.S. State Department spokesman Scott McCormick told reporters Tuesday, when's that going to start in America? We urge the Afghan government to conduct any legal proceedings in a transparent and fair manner. There you go. Freedom of religion. We used to have freedom of speech, freedom of religion in America, and now we're sending them all abroad. It's like we're, we're, you know, we're outsourcing jobs, we're outsourcing freedoms, too. I mean, we don't have them anymore, but somebody somewhere might, someday. Yeah, where? Not a good, well, I don't know where yet. Maybe in Amsterdam. 894 volt. We'll pass 900 this hour like Josh is like sliding down a slippery slope on a toboggan. 894. The religion one is, uh, well, let's see, it's right behind politics. 4.1% are pissed off by my come That's too bad. Those are the Bush people. What? What? What is it going to take? Who did mole? Huh? My God, what, when are you going to wake up and sniff the pansies already? What is wrong with you people for crying out loud? How how long can you get lied to and sold a bill of goods before? I mean, you're really that stupid? Yes. That idiotic? Absolutely. That naive? Absolutely. That gullible? Absolutely. Jesus, God almighty. Christ. 4.1% of this audience is still hanging on. Oh, gee, you're picking on our president. He's our president. We have to support the troops. You, How come you hate America? I'll tell you one thing. I hate What I hate is that 4.1%. Dumber than sawdust. Mm-hmm. Dumber than a box of lilacs. Gore not planning to run for president. Speaking of presidents. Lockbox. Former Vice President Al Gore, who invented the Internet, says this week he's not planning to run for president in 2008, but hasn't ruled out a future in politics. I enjoy, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, he told an audience at Middle Tennessee State University in Murfreesboro, where he gave a lecture on global warming, one in a series. I'm not planning to be a candidate again. I haven't reached a stage in my life where I'm willing to say I'll never consider something like this, he said. But I'm not saying that to be coy. I'm just saying that to be honest, that I haven't reached that point. Not, not to be coy, you understand. Gore, a Democrat, no less it says here, lost the electoral vote to George W. on the fixed election in 2000. We know that. Some Democrats still keep him in mind for another presidential run. And according to early uh, polls on potential candidates, he's uh, not doing so bad. Since his loss, Gore, who turns 58 next week, not so old, has occasionally delivered speeches on global warming and other political issues, often criticizing uh, Bush policies, including that one ass-ripping speech. How dare they drag the good name of the United States of America through the mud of Saddam Hussein's torture prison? How do you like that? Uh, Tipper must have tickled his fancy the night before he made that speech. Boy, he sounded like he was actually awake and alert and, and animated and motivated. He also co-founded a useless TV network, Current TV, which started in August, mostly features documentaries by young filmmakers. Remember, that was supposed to be a liberal station to counteract like Fox and all the other fascist nope. news we get? No, but it was not. And it ain't. An Inconvenient Truth, a documentary on Gore's global warming awareness campaign, premiered this year. Inconvenient Truth. Like the stolen election. How can you respect that man who stood up there in the Senate, presiding over the Senate as VP, banging the gavel on that black caucus yes. in the, uh, you know, and telling basically we all F off. You know, just like that thing with the fat people, the same thing. F off. Sit down. You know, sit down. You're out of order, and he's banging the gavel. You know, I'm telling you, some of these people, I think, I could be wrong, I think some of these people were made an offer they couldn't refuse. Uh, you think so? After two fixed elections, I have no evidence of it. I have no proof. It just right. being the suspicious and paranoid individual I am. We got 900 votes, by the way. Nice going, guys. Told you we could do it. Piece of cake. We'll pass a thousand like like George uh, rolling up uh, a big fat one in the Herald. Actually, I'm a, I'm a lousy roller. I have people to do that for me. Oh, a holy roller. That's right. Maybe that's what you need for salvation. George needs a holy roller. 
That's right. Send by and bring your own paper. Send samples and applications here. <laughs> Just like in that great movie that I had you watch. What was the name of that movie? I can never think of with Sigourney Weaver. Oh, Imaginary Heroes. Yeah. Where she went in. Uh, <laughs> first, first, she went to a convenience store to get the papers, and he gave her that old uh, that cigar and told her to hollow it out and cut it in half. That's right. And she, rolled, rolled she rolled a really big fat. Oh, that's so funny that you should mention that. Just yesterday, I'm sitting behind a pickup truck waiting for a red light, coming yeah. here, as a matter of fact. And uh, the two Jamaican guys sitting in the back on the way to work, and one of them was doing just that. He was hollowing out yeah, a cigar and rolling up a blunt. I'll be damned. And I was listening to reggae music at the time. Well, how. It all how, fit uh, in natural. Oh, and speaking of that. <clears throat> Speaking of little uh, anecdotes for anecdotes, so last night I'm at Woodbine plunging on my machine, man, and uh, they're coming next to me, which that machine, I don't know, was like in and out. Here comes a young black guy, and not, not real dark black, but I don't know what he was, nor do I care. He's a nice guy, about like, I'd say about 30. About 30, man. Maybe a little less. And he sits down, and within, you know, he puts in his $20 bill, and he gets to spin 125 bucks. So within seconds, because all I've told you this, all the progressive machines are connected, so very often... You get similar spins from different machines to the other, very okay. usually. So I get a spin about 30 seconds later, and of course it's 125. And I and I, I felt because he was we were talking a little bit, and I, I felt I wanted to say, and I almost did, but I didn't say it. Monkey see, monkey do. Oh, that me, would have been yeah. Meaning me, in other words. Yeah, yeah. Me. But in other words, he got the 125 uh -huh. first, then I got it. Now, yeah, that would ordinarily. You see what I'm saying? And I, I thought, ooh, no, that no. would be bad. Would that have been bad? Abort. <laughs> well, I did. I did yeah. not say it. Would that have been bad in bad it, style? Uh, it probably could have been misconstrued. That's what I was afraid of. See, you have to be so careful. I mean, he didn't seem like the kind of guy. He seemed like he had a good sense of humor. I mean, he was talking to me, you know. But I just, it just uh, would not not have been cool to say that, would it? No, no. So for once, for once in my life, I did the right thing. But you can always say monkey do. No, that, that, that's what it smelled like a few chairs down. This is Neil Rogers. This is the Curry guy. You know, Curry is the grandson. So, uh, you do our. World, headquartered in the United Arab Emirates, in the Middle East. Seriously. Hey, don't worry. We're good at recognizing terrorism. Oh, hello, Abdul. Oh, hi, Mohammed. Hey, I need to check your cargo container very carefully. I hear something ticking. What have you got in there, my friend? Um, alarm clock? Excellent! Come ashore! <laughs> Dubai Ports World. When it comes to safe port operations, we're all you need. Coming soon, Mexican drug lords will take over border security, and Michael Jackson will oversee No Child Left Behind. All right. One o'clock at 560 WQM. It's the Geldy Warm-Up Show. Before we get ready for all that, Panther Hysteria, are you ready? No. Do you care? No. WQAM, hello. Mr. Neil. Yes, sir. Yeah, Neil, I wanted to ask George if he got, if he rented um, Man Bites the Dog yet or what. No, no, I haven't. No. Why not, bro? I'm Space Cadet. Hey, everybody loves Canadians, right? Alleged. And I love large Puerto Ricans. Okay, good. Five, six, seven are one of your uh, potheads. Five, six, seven, oh, maybe yeah. you're doing crystal meth, because that, that's what they keep telling us on TV now is that everybody's doing crystal meth. I don't know anybody who's doing it. Do you? Yeah, like people on TV know what people are doing. Right. Yeah. 
I know I I don't know anyone who other than you're in your house is I or mean, has no that's just people doing crystal. Oh, well that sure leaves you out. Yes, it does. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. Boy, you talk about opening up a door you can drive a Mack truck through. That was a nice uh -huh. job. That's Thank called you. a setup in the end. Pound five sixty. No, it's not. We had, the only setup we got is in that sales department. Boy, oh boy, I'd like to have a setup back there. Good God. And then this was the claim to fame. This was the new regime. This is what they were going to, like, really reorganize and get it real. It's only uh, March 22nd, for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, man. What are you people thinking about? I think next time I go to Italy, I'm going to take a box of my pasta along with me. They, they yeah. would never do it. They, they would they take would it into a restaurant and say, hey, cook yeah, this. Yeah, the restaurant say, hey, cook this the way you cook your, your pasta, yeah. with the cheese inside. Oh. They'd say, ba fondue. They, exactly. Fondue is right. Well, speaking of fondue, how's Duff doing? WDQAM, hello. WDQAM, hola. <laughs> QAM. Yes, sir. Hey, how are you doing, Neil? Okay. Hey, the reason you remember Tampa is they sent the trial to Tampa. That's it. Now you The all white jury was in Tampa. That's right. They found the cops not guilty. Right. And sent, sent the riot back to us. See, I knew I wasn't completely losing my mind. I knew no, that no, Tampa no, had its finger in it somewhere. All right. Thanks a lot, Pally. Now I feel better about my brain. See, I, I knew I knew Tampa was yes. involved in somewhere. The trial was in Tampa. That's right. But it was the result of the trial that pissed everybody off in Liberty City, and that's why they went out there and uh, did their thing, man. And just, uh, it was horrendous. And then I remember, I, now it, it seems to me, I'm trying to think back to the day, but I was on INZ, and that's years later. Maybe it had nothing to do with that one. Did we have other riots in the 80s, late in the 80s? I don't know. I was out of town at the time. I'm sure we did. No, absolutely we did. Because I remember when I first went on to INZ at night, I remember reading some article, and I was sitting there screaming and couldn't buy a call. I mean, just couldn't buy a call. Hey, Richard, we don't need a four-page fax about the McDuffie thing, man. Oh, enough with McDuffie already. He's still dead, okay? And uh, let sleeping dogs lie. Let sleeping insurance uh, sales holes lie. God, what is wrong with these people? I'm so sorry I brought that up again. Four pages, huh? Just what you needed. And all about how the trial was in Tampa, which we just Yeah, the guy just told us so. that in about five seconds, okay? Trial was in Tampa. That was the Tampa connection. Thank you. God. WQAM, hello. Neil, how are you? Good. Would you like to suggest something for the poll? No. Haitians? Haitians? Haitians. Comments about Haitians? Just Haitians in general. <laughs> this is the, uh, the Haitian-hating guy. Oh, really? Uh, get out of here. Go away. Go away, okay? I hope they grind you up like James Woods in the back of a garbage truck. And one of them jitneys. I hope they put you and Michael Putney on a jitney. Michael, only because he's so boring. Oh, God, he is so pedantic and so boring. Although not as pedantic as Wolf Blitzkrieg. Let's go to, the, let's go to Jack yeah. Cafferty now. We're here in the Situation Room. That's the toughest thing about waiting for Lou Dobbs to come on. Is having to oh, with him well, first here. of all, you're still watching Lou Dobbs? Yes, what is wrong with you? Are you nuts? Yeah. He had Randy Rhodes on last night. And, yeah. And, and there how, she was. How was she? Was she there doing... Yeah. She was there. Hemming and, and hawing and, uh, you know, trying to say all the right things. He gave her some... Uh, Decent airtime. She was on there with a whole bunch of other talk show hosts. Yeah. And he almost exclusively only spoke to her. Really? For some reason, yeah. She was the only chick. Maybe that had to I see. That must have been the re Who else was on? I don't know. You... <laughs> I can't name another talk show. It was show like those guys like he had on last week exactly. that we've heard of before. Exactly. Like that, yeah. People well, I've I'm seen glad before. I'm got but, to be yeah. on national TV again screaming. Howard! That's good. You know, she polishes off my act a little bit more, uses more of my drop ins. 
Did she? Did she uh, play? I'm dying over here. No, times? no drops. She was boxless. Oh, no, that's not anything new. Nine hundred twenty-seven votes on the pool. We got a real good shot at that thousand. You people need to lean on that thing on NeilRogers.com and take a look at that Dreamfield. It's not a sponsor yet, and probably never will be. But I don't care about that. We're not. We're not doing that for the money. For once in my life, we're trying to do, spread, right. spread the news. Well, I've always done that. We're doing it for love, not money. You know, whether it was a Ben and Jerry's a fish food, whether it was a bagel bites, whether whatever the hell it was. And usually that's what we got in return was a bite in the ass. We never got nothing, you know. We got the Boca Burgers on here eventually. Remember that? Right. Dreamfield's low car pasta right above uh, OJ. I mean, right above Osama, whichever one it happens to be at the moment. That's a beautiful likeness of OJ, by the way. Two obnoxious murderers, both reviled by anybody with a brain. And, of course, the, uh, the second one, O.J., admired by certain individuals inside of our QM building. Like I said, I qualified anybody with a brain. Don't mess with O.J. Republican rats start to desert sinking ship. Oh! The authority of the Bush administration is falling apart in its heartland, says this article by Michael Gawenda on TheAge.com. With almost three years of George Bush's presidency to go, most Republicans in Congress have one political goal before the midterm congressional elections in November, desert him as fast as they can. The discipline of the first Bush administration is gone. The Republican-dominated rubber stamp Congress is no more. Every day another Republican member of Congress declares that Bush is a great guy, that they love him dearly, but that he's lost the plot. Sack people, they say. One day it's Rumsfeld. The next day they say it's Cheney. A day later it's the whole White House staff. Do something, Mr. President, they say. And by the way, they say, we love you dearly, but most of your policies stink. <laughs> oh. Come to think of it, it's all of them from immigration, where they reckon Bush wants to flood the country with illegal immigrants from Mexico, cheap labor for his buddies in big business, to the Medicare prescription drug plan for America's seniors that's out of control in terms of its cost, and which is so complicated that elderly Americans can be seen weeping at pharmacy counters across the country. Why did they weep? No opportunity by Republicans to criticize Bush with a heavy heart, of course, is missed. When commercial radio shock jocks suddenly discovered that the Bush administration had approved the takeover of six American ports by a Dubai company by Arabs, the Republican leaders in Congress were in danger of causing each other injury as they made the dashboard, the TV cameras, and microphones to say, in essence, that Bush had lost his marbles. Oh, meanwhile, in that awful movie, Godsend with uh, De Niro, okay. he's got two big steel balls about four times the size of the ones that Bogart was uh, rolling around in Canine Mutiny. Mm-hmm. And he just keeps rolling around. I still have no idea what that is. That's such a horrible movie. Godsend. You, you didn't see it. No, I did Please not. don't. It's all part of it. No, I told don't. You. The Democrats, meanwhile, are more or less all over the place uh, on every issue, except the Arab takeover of these American ports, where their outrage was outrageous and, frankly, racist. The Congress of the world's sole superpower appears to be an undisciplined rabble. On the key issues that Americans are really worried about, and Iraq is overwhelming the most important one, neither Republicans nor Democrats in Congress have a clue as what to do. That's the part I agree with. Neither does Bush, who increasingly looks and sounds as if he's weighed down by the relentless bad news from Iraq and the daily crises and political missteps that have plagued the second term. It was in this political environment that the Republican Party's Southern Leadership Conference met last week in Memphis. The highlight of the two-day conference was a straw poll of the 2,000 or so Republican Party activists and supporters of the leading candidates for the party's 2008 presidential nomination. The one candidate who wasn't in Memphis and was not part of the poll was former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who in poll after poll is far and away the people's choice. That includes Republicans for the party's nomination in 2008. Most political analysts seem to agree. What, what Bernie Carrick is going to be like an albatross around his neck, you know, if he gets it. 
They're going to bring his ass back in the whole thing about that apartment he had in the, across right. from the World Trade Center and mm-hmm. all the dalliances that were going on there and all the uh, phony baloney. Bernie Carrick. He's going to be the Monica Lewinsky for Rudy Giuliani, even Good. if they didn't do anything. 940 votes on that poll. Boy, it's going to be a glorious moment when we get to 1,000. Josh can breathe easy knowing he'll get his full paycheck. Oh. Yeah, can you breathe easy now? I can. Archbishop, this is in The Guardian, the Brit paper, The Guardian. Stop teaching creationism, he says. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, has stepped into the controversy between religious fundamentalists and scientists by saying he doesn't believe that creationism, the Bible-based account of the origins of the world, should be taught in schools. And Archbishop happens to be... Absolutely correct, sir. And he is a really snappy dresser, too. You ever see him? No. What a lovely gown. Giving his first wide-ranging interview at Lambeth Palace, the Archbishop was emphatic in his criticism of creationism being taught in the classroom, as is happening in two city academies founded by the evangelical Christian businessman, Sir Peter Vardy, and several other schools. Oh, them silly-ass Brits. Give me the Schmitz. I think creationism is a kind of category mistake, as if the Bible were a theory like other theories. If creationism is presented as a stark alternative theory along other theories, I think there's just been a jarring of categories. My worry is creationism can end up reducing the doctrine of creation rather than enhancing it, he said. No, we know that the Bible is not that. The Bible is just a bunch of ramblings of primitive, dumb, superstitious, idiotic, ignorant people uh, over a period of long, long number of years, most of whom didn't even know each other. Even Aesop is embarrassed by the Bible. The debate over creationism or its slightly more sophisticated offshoot, so-called intelligent design, ID, which argues that creation is so complex that an intelligent religious force must have directed it, has provoked divisions in Britain, but nothing like the vehemence or politicization of the debate in the USA. There, under the pressure from the religious right, some states are considering giving ID equal prominence to Darwinism, the generally scientifically accepted account of the evolution of the species. Most scientists believe that ID is a little more than an attempt to smuggle fundamentalist Christianity into science teaching, and of course that happens to be... Absolutely correct, sir. States from Ohio to California are considering placing ID on the curriculum, with President Bush telling reporters last August that both sides ought to be properly taught so people can understand what the debate is about. I think that's a great idea. I think we ought to have somebody in every classroom telling our kids what a bunch of fairy tales the Bible is. And reading right. like those first couple of pages of Genesis and debunking it in about right. ten seconds or less. And don't stop with science, uh, you know, history, class, The larger math, light to else. rule the day right. and the lesser light to rule the night. The sun and the cockamoon, that's what that's all about, okay? Primitive, superstitious people wouldn't know their ass from your elbow. And here we are thousands of years later. And, well, the good book says, I mean, it's just pathetic. Makes you want to gag. Makes you want to gag the God Squad. Dumber than sawdust. Man, staler than last year's halava. As dull as a 75-year-old Gillette Blue Blade. Let's go back into the razor blade thing again. I haven't oh, yeah, tried that new... Fi- that, what is it? The quintuplet? What do they call that? Gillette? Yeah, that's interesting. The one with the battery in it? Oh, I, no. Is this another one with a battery? If it's the one with the four blades and then the one in the back. No, no. They got five blades. I got oh, it. You got it? I yeah, got the five blade again. with the battery, man. <laughs> I wonder where he's using that. Rectum. Uh-huh. Oh, you're, you're practicing for Duff, huh? 9.53 on a poll. 9.53 vote. we got the 47 minutes. So that's like one a minute will get us exactly to 1,000. How do you like the way that turned out, huh? Without having to put undue pressure on this audience. We don't like to do that. 113, the Geldy warm-up show. we got that big Panther Capital game tonight at the Macarena. There'll be at least 5,000 people for that one. It'll be a rollicking place. 
And then tomorrow and Saturday, two uh, Toronto at Montreal games. I'm sure you're all whipped up about that, aren't you? Oh, yeah, whipped. <laughs> this schedule this year is really, I mean, too bad is nobody can talk to about these things. And least TV. Welcome back to the program. Mike Brophy, senior writer for the Hockey News, joins us. See, can you, can you imagine in South Florida, Panthers TV, a channel? Can you imagine that? No. Because I'm trying to tell you, hockey here is not like a sport. It's, it's a sickness. Hey, Beachport, speaking of sickness, has gone mad. They're nuttier than a fruitcake. It's madness in March all this month at Beachport. They just missed having their record month last month in February, so they plan to break that record this month, right now. And right now, extended cab Ford F-150s are as low as 249 bucks a month with 995 down plus fees with approved credit and a 39-month lease. Madness in March at Beach Fords mean you must be mad not to take advantage of rebates and discounts up to ten grand on all new and used uh, vehicles. If you're not in the market for a new car but know somebody who is, send them into Beach Ford because if they take delivery this month during the month of March, Beach Ford will send you 200 bucks just for sending them in. That money comes from their advertising budget. They will absolutely not affect your friend's price. They won't tack it on. So don't miss out on this once a year event. Beach Ford's Madness in March. Extended cab Ford F-150 is as low as $249 a month. Discounts and rebates up to ten grand and $200 in cash just for referring a friend. Hurry on in. Beach Ford is located two miles east of the Golden Glades Interchange on 163rd Street, West Dixie Highway. Guaranteed. I'll bet you everybody in the world's life on it. You will love your Beach Ford experience. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Log on to WQAM.com for Bell South Hoops Hysteria. Make your picks before the start of each game for your chance to win the grand prize of $1,000 from Bell South at 560 QAM. I dropped my wiener. Well, congratulations. Get a life. Bush is a morning. Watch it, now watch it. Why did he attack us? What the hell did we do? To keep the swire we are hanging in that new torture room. Absolutely. I don't care who you are, you fail. Kill your families to a whole new way. Stop with all this madness and give us back who say. Push is a bully. The whole world hates you. Go away, you went there. Watch him now, watch him. I'm dying out here. 119 at 560 WQM. There was that sound again. It sounded like Duff uh, bleeping out the Howard Stern show on That's QM. Right. Had that same kind of whoopiness to it? Yeah. That kind of Yay. sound to it. 972 votes on the poll, and we got 40 minutes till 2. Boy, we got this made in the shade, you know? Ye of little faith. Can't believe how some people are just so, you know, take that defeatist attitude. I guarantee that fundraiser will get to like uh, 20 grand. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. Total. You think? No, I take it back. I won't guarantee it. North Korea suggested yesterday it had the ability to launch a preemptive attack on the U.S., according to the North's official news agency. And there's a picture of Kim Jong-il. 
who looked a hell of a lot better in Team America. That is, while he was still alive in that thing. A foreign ministry spokesman said the North had built atomic weapons to counter the U.S. nuclear threat. As we declared, our strong revolutionary might put in place all measures to counter possible U.S. preemptive strike. The spokesman said, according to the Korean Central News Agency, preemptive strike is not the monopoly of the USA. The United States urged North Korea to return to the international nuclear negotiations instead of making inflammatory statements. Oh, in other words, Bush can make inflammatory statements like that new uh, policy about uh, preemptive strikes on anybody we feel like, given how he feels in the morning. But other than that, State Department spokesman Sean McCormick said the U.S. has no plans to invade or attack North Korea. Yet, last week, the communist country warned that it had a right to launch a preemptive strike, saying it would strengthen its war footing before joint South Korea-U.S. military exercises scheduled for this weekend. Thank God that we don't support any regimes that like, uh, you know, rogue regimes. Right, dictatorships. Right, that supply uh, weapons, oligarchies, nukes, all these yeah. things, nuclear technology to uh, countries like North Korea. That would be bad. So, speaking of bad, seven months after Katrina, the New York Times spoke to 337 evacuees and found that a majority had depleted their savings and believed that the rest of the nation and politicians in Washington have moved on. It's a lengthy story. It's on our website, but I'm sure it is, Josh, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's from Raw Story. Raw Story is one of the best websites. I, you know, they, they've changed their format. Right. And the new format is just awesome. It's excellent. I put it right up there with smirking, Smirkling Chimp and Common Dreams and some of the other ones. Very good. The interview suggested that while blacks and whites suffered similar rates of emotional trauma, blacks bore a heavier economic and social burden. No kidding. And even as both groups flounder, most said they believe that the rest of the nation and politicians in Washington have moved on. I don't think anybody cares really, said Robert Rodriguez, a semi-retired computer programmer, who's returned to his home in the suburb of Materi. Is that Metairie or Materi? I don't know how you say that. I hate New Orleans. New Orleans is kind of like at the bottom of the country. They just forget about us. That's right, like at the bottom of the bowl. Like a turd at the bottom of the bowl. Now, how you see New Orleans? I mean, I don't want to sound disrespectful after all the tourists they had from Katrina, but long before Katrina, I always told you that, and I'm not going to change yeah. my opinion. I've never been there, because... so I don't know. Well, don't. Well, I like uh, drunk and degenerate. Getting drunk? Stumbling around in the street, flashing nah, their boobs. It's just a, I don't know, just a whole ambiance of it. You can go to Key West with suds. Okay. Or with Duff, go to Fantasy Fest. He'll take you along. Oh. <laughs> to put you on his shoulder like a papoose. Oh, speaking of babies, this is this is great from the Toronto Star. How to spot a baby conservative. Okay. Remember the whiny, insecure kid in nursery school, the one who always thought everybody was out to get him and was always running to the teacher with complaints? Chances are he grew up to be a conservative. At least he did if he was one of 95 kids from the Berkeley area that social scientists have been tracking for the last 20 years. The confident, resilient, self-reliant kids mostly grew up to be liberals. The study from the Urinal of Research into Personality isn't going to make the UC Berkeley professor who publishes any friends on the right. Similar conclusions a few years ago from another academic saw him excoriated on right-wing blogs, even led to a congressional investigation into his research funding. But the results of the, uh, the new results are worth a look. In the 1960s, Jack Block and his wife and fellow professor Gene Block, now deceased, began tracking more than 100 nursery school kids as part of a general study of personality. The kids' personalities were rated at the time by teachers and assistants who had known them for months. There's no reason to think political bias skewed the ratings. The investigators weren't looking at political orientation back then. Even if they had been, it's unlikely that three- and four-year-olds have had much idea about their political leanings. A few decades later, Block followed up with more surveys, looking again at personality, at this time at politics, too. The whiny kids tended to grow up conservative. The whiny kids. Like Robert Creeper. 
and turned into rigid young adults who hewed closely to traditional gender rules and were uncomfortable with ambiguity, like Robert Griefer. I don't care who you are, you fairy. The competent kids turned out liberal and were still hanging loose, turning... Uh, oh, see, there's something missing here. Oh, no. Isn't that bad? Turning Japanese. Turning Japanese. Similar work by John T. Yost of Stanford and colleagues in 2003 drew a political backlash. The researchers reviewed 44 years' worth of studies into the psychology of conservatism and concluded that people who are dogmatic, fearful, intolerant of ambiguity and uncertainty and who crave order and structure are more likely to gravitate to conservatism. Critics branded it the conservatives are crazy study and accused the authors of political bias. Well, what's wrong with that conservatives are crazy study, huh? Well, it's better than that conservatives are stupid study that we just did. Yost welcomed the new study, saying it lends support to his conclusions, but Jeff Greenberg, a social psychologist at the University of Arizona, who was critical of Yost's study, was less impressed. Well, what do you expect, Arizona? Home of just about every right-wing nut group in the, uh, on the face of the earth. I found it to be biased, shoddy work, poor science at best, he said of the block study. He thinks insecure, defensive, rigid people can as easily gravitate to left-wing ideologies as right-wing ones, says this uh, Jeff Greenberg. Another self-hating Jew like Robert Griefer, no doubt. He suspects that in communist China, those kinds of people will likely become fervid party members. See, communista. The results do raise some obvious questions. Are nursery school teachers in the conservative heartland cursed with classes filled with little proto-conservative whiners? Or does an insecure little boy raised in Idaho or Alberta, surrounded by conservatives, turn instead to liberalism? Or do the whiny kids grow up conservative along with the majority of their more confident peers, while only the kids with poor impulse control turn out to be liberal? The grown-up liberal men, on the other hand, with their introspection and recognition of complexity in the world, could be seen as self-indulgent and ineffectual. <laughs> I'll agree with the self-indulgent part. What's wrong with that? Whether anyone's feelings are hurt or not, the work suggests that personality and emotions play a bigger role in our political leanings than we think. All of us, liberal or conservative, feel as though we've reached our political opinions by carefully weighing the evidence and exercising our best judgment. But it could be that all that careful reasoning is just, after the fact, self-justification. What if personality forms our political outlook, with reason coming along uh, behind, rationalizing after the fact? It could be that whom we vote for has less to do with our judgments about tax policy or free trade or health care, and more with the personalities we've been stuck with since we were little kids. How do you like that, huh? You little panty-waist whiners, whatever the hell you are. Exactly. Like I said before. I don't care who you are. You fairy. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. Absolutely. Oh. What are you going to do about it? You fail.
131 at QM. You notice that email, by the way, that piece of copy. He, he presents it, Fat Boy does, like he's doing me a favor. You know what I mean? Did you read it the way it's uh, prefaced there? No, I, I... Oh, look at this. No. I'm giving you a new piece of copy, and I told the people over there, yada, yada, yeah, right. Stale. Staler than last year's uh, Matzah Man. Pathetic. 998 votes on the poll. We'll have a 1,000. I bet you if I click this, what do you got? I clicked it. 999. 998, Ooh. so you're ahead of me. The next one, the next vote will be the 1,001, and Josh is going to come over to your house and give you a big kiss on your lips. Well. Send a picture. <laughs> The next one, I keep refreshing it. It's I, still there. It's stuck. It's still nine ninety nine. Well, it's a, it's. I guess they want like a cash prize, you know. Still nine ninety nine. Refreshing it again, and it's uh, still nine ninety nine. Oh God. What is it again, Robert? Nine. 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 Oh, kind of like an echo on that thing too. He ought to be in an echo chamber. Idiot. Saudis ban men from selling lingerie. How do you like that? Oh, my gosh. Sure glad I got mine up front. I saw a woman. I told you this before the show. There's a woman in my building downstairs yesterday. Uh, and she had the full burqa on. The, the whole, uh, the gansa, the, the whole deal. Now, since it's still a little bit cool up there, was it a fur burqa? No, it was not fur. I don't know. In fact, I said, what is that fur? And she said, uh, fur, said for the hell of it. It's a fur burqa. Yeah. For a while. I, I just, it's just shocking to me to see that. 1,004 votes, no sweat. Told you, Josh, you're safe. <sighs> I just, I, I don't know. Is it, is you call that intolerance? The fact that when I see that, I think, what the, what kind of Stone Age crap is this? Or do you think it's just common sense? Yeah, that that Yeah, that works for me. The Saudi government warned store owners yesterday that they have two months to comply with a decree banning men from selling lingerie and other women's apparel or face punishment. Like off of your head, off of your arm, off of your... Yeah, that too. And as published in several Saudi papers, the Ministry of Labor called on all women's clothing shop owners to comply with the decree issued two years ago in order to increase employment opportunities for Saudi women. Penalties and fines will be levied against store owners and male clerks who violate the ban, said a statement by the ministry adding it will go into effect June 19. The decree also says that stores selling lingerie must conceal that section from the rest of the shop in compliance with the ultra-conservative kingdom's strict segregation of the sexes. See, this is democracy on the march in Saudi Arabia. Not. A number of Saudi women had expressed disquiet at having to buy their underwear from men, Saudi papers reported. At a meeting on Monday, Saudi business owners pleaded with Deputy Labor Minister uh, something or other Al-Humaid to delay enforcing the ban to give them a chance to train women to work in stores. In Saudi Arabia, where Sharia or Islamic law is the rule of the land, all public spaces divided into male and family sections, with women only admitted to the latter in the company of their husbands or guardians. There are no fitting rooms in clothing stores, and customers, both male and female, must try the items at home after buying them. A lot of refunds. But a lot of just those workers kind of hang loose, you know? They're just hanging loose. What do you think? One size fits all. I like those extra large T-shirts we got for that right. uh, About 30, campaign. They were getting people. Oh, can't you get my size? Uh, oh, brother. I think we're gonna have like get a big cross, right next to Chuck's there on the corner, and we're gonna like put 
Uh, on Easter Sunday, that'd be a good idea. We'll, we'll put Duff up on the cross on Easter Sunday and crucify his ass. He's probably used to it. Oh, and speaking of racism and attitudes, all of these things, a third of the French people say they are racist. A French human rights watchdog said yesterday, after a survey that showed an increase from last year in the number of people who acknowledge being racist. I acknowledge it right now. I've raised my hand. Are you racist? Only against gypsies. I'm not asking in what categories. What about you, Josh? You racist? I guess uh, everyone can be sometimes, right? No, that that wasn't the question, okay? Well, you talk about an evasive answer, so I guess the answer is yes. yes. What's wrong with you? Why do you have to be so evasive? For once in your life, just spit it right out, baby. Tell the truth. Tell it like it ain't. It is. Racist bastard. We're not talking about white and black. We're talking about anything, like this whole thing with, like, these ragheads. I mean, the uh, wonderful Saudis. Nice outfits, by the way. Good God. My goodness. And they say, I'm a sloppy dresser? Some 33% of the 1,011 people surveyed face-to-face by pollsters, CSA, said they were somewhat or a little racist, up 8 percentage points from last year, according to an annual report by the National Cons- uh, Consultative Commission for Human Rights, the NCCHR. <laughs> oh, God. Isn't that something? How, how do they have all these organizations, man? It's just amazing. The poll asked the question, when it comes to you personally, would you say you are, followed by a list of options, somewhat racist, a bit racist, not racist, not very racist, not racist at all, and don't want to say? I don't want to. Well, how come there wasn't the option very racist? It says somewhat, a bit, uh, you know, how come very racist? That's a good point. The poll revealed deep economic and social anxiety. Joel Thoraval, the commission's report said, as the president said, in a statement released to coincide with the International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. Oh, yeah. That's like the International Coming Out of the Closet Day, Tommy and John. John B. Fulton and Tommy Cruz. They're still in the closet. You fair. Well, tonight, tonight we've got to watch uh, South Park. See which, <laughs> see which episode really airs, whether Josh is right that the new season starts tonight, or maybe they're pushing it, pushing it back a week. No, they might well, not. Josh, did you check the listings at 930? Because sometimes they precede the new episode with an old one. Uh-huh. Uh, they do, and it's not going to be the in the closet. And I happen to know that I read an article that uh, this new episode tonight is called Chef Returns, so I don't know um, Excuse me, but I do believe what it's going to be about, but I'm sure that gonna replace it's going to be good. It's a new chef. No, I heard it's his voice, but they're saying um, they are saying they think Trey and Matt, you know, did a lot they're of saying Isaac Hayes jumped in the closet with Tom and John. Digital work and, uh, you know, put some... Oh, they said R. Kelly is going to take care of all three of them is what I heard. And all the rest of the Scientologists, too. Including especially uh, Kirstie Alley. Oh, my God. Take more than one bullet to blow that fat ass away. Coquito. Coquito. Fettuccine. And she's just jamming it. Uh, oh, man. What a cow. And she's, you know, I'm sure you've watched those spots with the same nausea that I have. And in the end of each spot, she's like vamping in the back. She's like, I don't know whether she's dancing. Well, what's she supposed to be doing? She's, she's showing uh, off her really sexy cow-like body. Juking and she's and like giving you the, the, oh, my God. She's hipping and hopping. She's as sexy as a toadstool, and you can take the first half of that out. No argument. God. Despite the efforts to deploy to fight racism, anti-Semitism, and xenophobia, there's still a long way to go, he said. Well, guess what? We hate the French. How do you like that? And especially French Canadians. That is such a blessing here, man. I don't see any French Canadians. I'm sure there are a few around. I'll find them. Yeah. Man. Then you get on uh, the plane. You get on any Air Canada flight, and they do the, the bisexual bilingual thing, you know, which I love Air Canada, but why do they have to do that parlez-vous, uh, jean thing, you know? French people piss me off. Amen. 
I heard they're doing the In the Closet episode tonight. You better be right about that. I'll bet you, you a grand. <laughs> a, gr a grand what? <laughs> oh, yeah. A grand piano? Okay, I'll tell you what. Here's the deal. If I'm right and you're wrong, you yeah. don't get the next check. Oh. What if I'm right? Then you get it. <laughs> well, what a great well, deal. Right? Yeah, what a great deal for you. Like Jimmy Hoffa at the track deal. Or, uh, well, you sure, I'll tell you one thing. You sure take a lot of things for granted, man. You talk about being taken for granted. Just, of course, at least that's consistent. Just like South Florida takes me for granted. 30 long freaking years of this crap. About 30, man. Begging and pleading and squeezing, cajoling the dead to try to like be alive and like have something going on. They'll like try to squeeze blood out of a rock. God almighty, like trying to squeeze uh, grape juice out of a turnip. Although uh, Hank likes that Welch's grape juice, and so do I, but I just don't drink it. See, let me say it again. If you're fat and diabetic and going to kill yourself, at least do it by eating something good. Not, I mean, I do like Welch's grape juice, but if I'm going to cheat, wouldn't I much rather have like Nestle's turtle ice cream or Haagen-Dazs a banana nut? See what I'm saying? Or even that Dulce de Leche, Nick Leche. Oh, God. Yeah. No wonder I'm attracted to that stuff. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QAM. And loves Neil Rogers. Nick and Jessica with us. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's the trick to achieving longevity? I mean, that's something I think about often. Um, completely, madly abuse drugs. And yeah, party. Let's take some calls. Johnson City, Tennessee is on with us. You've got Nick and Jessica. Go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Andrea. Oh, hi, Andrea. <laughs> Jessica, is it true you don't drink milk because you can't fit your head in the carton? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I'll admit it. Well, is it also true that you hired a private detective to find out if you were related to Homer and Bart Simpson? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with her. She's out of control. <laughs> Columbus, Ohio, you're on. Yeah, I keep seeing advertisements on the Internet about a Nick and Jessica sex tape. Is that really you guys? Definitely. Yeah. Well, we have a clip. Take a look at uh, Nick and Jessica. Naked. Yeah. Wow, where can I get a copy of that? In stores. You get it now? Yeah. Okay. And no regrets. And deciding to do this. Oh no, we're so happy we did it. We are so happy. We get off on stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Very gratifying for us. So yeah. well said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, not no more. One forty-six. I'm not sure that ever happened. A uh, thousand and thirty-six vote on the poll. See, we did it with plenty of spirit. Isn't that good? Aren't you yes, proud? I am uh, thrilled and excited. Yelly at the uh, Yenta Center at two o'clock this afternoon in our revolving two to four door, which we have no idea. It's a bow and Gildy and uh, Curtis and no mo and whatever. It's just an embarrassment. Let me say it again. What, what's this slogan again? WQAM. The station that took the joy out of life. Yeah, very good. You wrote it down, huh? No, I didn't. The, the station that put the joys into life I, and I therefore took the joy that, out of yeah. living. Yeah, that's us. Nice job, by the way, Fat Boy. You continue to be like uh, Pex Bad. You've heard of Pex Bad Boy? He's Pex Fat Boy. Just an, an idiot. Everybody else, you know, they bring in a copy on a once in a great while, anyway, on like a sheet of paper, you know, like human beings. Not Fat Boy. Oh, he's going to email it to me to prove that he's still got my email address. Lose it, Fat Boy. Lose it. As if there wasn't already enough controversy over the war in Iraq, Vermont Governor James Douglas found himself in a sticky situation with his breakfast one morning while visiting Vermont troops in the field last week. His only choice was using fake syrup with his morning repast. A photo of the governor's breakfast with members of the Vermont National Guard in Kuwait was one of a series of images sent back during his trip to the Middle East. A bottle of pancake syrup stands in the foreground, just like generic pancake syrup. 
Douglas had to make do with a syrup that accompanies military meals, spokesman Jason Gibbs said. The syrup was provided by the service that prepares and delivers meals for military personnel in Kuwait, Gibbs said. The governor was disappointed that it wasn't real Vermont maple syrup. Well, let me ask you, who's more famous for maple syrup and maple uh, products, Canada or Vermont? There's no question. What? It's Canada, man. Oh. You got the leaf on I mean, your We got the maple flag. leaf, for crying out loud. The maple everything. They got maple uh, leaf cookie, maple uh, c- cookies and candies. That's and right. Maple, uh, and you know something? Fat. Even living right. near Canada, man, the maple on everything. I, I could live without it. Yeah. And after this season, maybe I could live without the maple make- leaves, too. The state is joining a uh, second year of Operation Maple Sweetness, which sends Vermont maple syrup to members of the military serving overseas. Operation Maple Sweetness, isn't that sweet? Oh. He's very proud of all the maple producers who are contributing to the operation that we hope one day might eliminate fake syrup all throughout the world. Gibbs said, oh, we don't want that fake syrup. It's kind of like IHOP. You know, you go in, they got all them, all them jugs of uh, different uh, boysenberry and poisonberry. Right, and you know, fine sponsor IHOP with that really great syrup and that right, uh, fine assortment. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Jugs of all them different that's flavors. Right. You got it. That's Whatever you one. like, they got it. IHOP right over there. Last year, the project, a collaboration between the state Vermont syrup makers, realtors, and other groups, delivered 500 gallons of syrup to Lieutenant Governor Brian Doobie, who's smoking one right now, who worked on the project. This year's organizers hope to double that amount, Doobie said, appropriately after a Monday spent working on his family's own syrup operation in Fairfield, Vermont. I, I've never been in Vermont. You ever been there? No. Josh? I have not, no. Well, let's take a field trip to Vermont. Let's do it. You pay, right? I'd rather go to Amsterdam. No. You pay, oh, it's right? not that far away. I'll tell you what, we'll let Josh take uh, the Beast and Robert, and they can go camping together in Vermont. What? They can set up their pup tent. Oh, I'll take the Beast and Robert camping up in the Carolinas. <laughs> I got a better place. How about Georgia? I was thinking Aintree myself. Same thing. They don't cut up the Carolinas. Where they ain't going to be seen no more. Where that corn sure is special, Robert. Yeah. You idiot. You fairy. Robert Shear, speaking of Robert. Now, there's a Robert we like, Robert Shear. At least I do. He writes good stuff. Much too liberal for the L.A. Times, of course. Bush bombs in Cleveland, he writes. And he's writing now, well, this is in the Smirkling Chimp, but he also, he's got his own, is this a blog? Truth Dig. Truth Dig dot something, I guess. I don't know. On the third anniversary of the beginning of his Iraq catastrophe, President Bush yet again dealt in denial, but this time carefully screened audience at the Cleveland City Club wasn't buying it. Weren't buying it. Perhaps most on target was an elderly gentleman who said what he said were three main reasons for going to war in Iraq. WMD, Iraq's ties to the 9-11 terrorist, uh, and the uh, alleged purchase of nuclear material from Niger, and then noted dryly that all three of these rationales turned out to be false. How do we restore confidence that Americans may have in their leaders and to be sure that the information that they're not getting is correct, he asked the president. How indeed? That's a great question, began Bush by way of dissembling. First, just if I may correct the misperception, I don't think we ever said, at least I know I didn't say, that there was a direct connection between 9-11 and Saddam Hussein. Really? So when he said in his May 1st, 2003 mission accomplished speech on the deck of the aircraft carrier Abraham Lincoln that we've removed an ally of al-Qaeda, he meant a different gang with the same name as the one blamed for the attack on the World Trade Center Twin Towers in the Pentagon? It is his way of finessing the firm conclusion of the bipartisan 9-11 commission that Hussein was an opponent of al-Qaeda and never an ally. Yet that didn't stop Bush from again on Monday insisting that the central front on the war on Iraqi, on terror, is Iraq. It is now, I guess. 
Meanwhile, that old Central Front woolly Afghanistan is now all sewed up, Bush reassures. Twenty-five million people are now free, and Afghanistan is no longer a safe haven for the terrorists, he said. Apparently, the president missed the director of the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency, General Michael Maples, giving testimony to Congress a few weeks ago that Taliban resurgence now presents a greater threat to the Afghan central government's expansion of authority than at any point since late 2001. The Taliban can. I thought they were all gone. Well, they are. To be That's sure, occupied Iraq is useful to Al-Qaeda and its ilk as a recruiting poster. In this and myriad other ways, the U.S. military's continued heavy-handed presence in Iraq strengthens the hands of extremists and demagogues who can appeal to latent Iraqi nationalism and Muslim pride. Yet we seem to have forgotten that terrorists don't really need Iraq as a safe haven for terrorists to plot new attacks against our nation, as Bush put it. They're just as likely to be drawn from countries that are normally our allies, just such as the 15 hijackers recruited under the nose of the Bush family's sheik friends in Saudi Arabia. Shake your booty. Finally, for old times' sake, Bush trotted out his now hoary excuses for those missing Iraqi WMD he so trumped up to get his sight for a preemptive war three years ago, again blaming the deception on everyone except himself. Like you, I asked that very same question. Where did we go wrong in intelligence? He plaintively responded to his questioner. The truth of the matter is that the whole world thought that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. Not so. Most of the world thought it best to wait for the UN inspectors, then on the ground in Iraq, to complete their work before answering that question. Those inspectors had found no such evidence of WMD, and this president knew full well that it would be likely their final conclusion when he ordered the preemptive invasion. Yet he justified it by referring to the 9-11 attack, warning, we cannot wait for the final proof, the smoking gun that could come in the form of a mushroom cloud. On Tuesday, the AP reported that a treasure trove of translations of audio tapes of top-level Iraqi meetings involving Hussein, released at the request of U.S. Representative Peter Hoekstra, the Republican chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, showed that Iraq destroyed its WMD program by 92 those tapes were obtained soon after the 2003 invasion, yet the Bush administration kept them secret while continuing to assert that Iraq had an active WMD program. As opposed to ordinary people in this country and the world, Bush has access to the same detailed information that the 9-11 Commission used to conclude that the terrorist acts of 9-11 and others conducted by al-Qaeda bore no relation to Iraq. It's hardly an ad for American democracy that he's been able to operate before the war and as recently as this week, as if the truth will never be allowed to hold him accountable, though not in Cleveland, which is something to cheer about. This is Neil Rogers. This is 560 QA Rockstar.